Okay, good morning. Happy New Year, Glenn Clark Radio. I know it's not happy in any way at this point. What? Is it my headphones that are so far? Do me a favor, uh, Carson. Would you uh, turn my headphones up slightly? Number four. Oh, number four. Yeah, just slightly. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I needed. Uh, hi. Hi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're here. And um, we're working on a holiday because we took off last Friday. Regret that decision now because we got to come in here and do this. I'm not looking forward to it in any way. After the Ravens lose. Today's show is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can still use that code TAILGATE and save $100. When you purchase your Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill, for smoking, searing, baking, grilling, all kinds of food, can GinsuGrills.com use the code TAILGATE, save $100. Coming up in a bit... Our buddy Dan Wilcox will check in, former Ravens tight end. Keith Mills will join us a little bit later on. And uh, Jeremy Kahn, of course, on a Monday. That's all coming up. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. I, I, it's, I'm really struggling. And I probably said that, like, literally every time the Ravens have lost this season just because I have to do two hours of it on the radio and then do another show that's exactly the same a few hours later, essentially. So it's really not a lot of fun to do a lot of that but I'm particularly struggling with the I'm not sure what type of sweeping generalizations I feel really feel like making about a football team that's continuing to play with a quarterback that isn't an NFL level quarterback and that's the difficult part about all of this it if this was going on with Lamar Jackson it would be easy to make large you know, grandiose statements about how unacceptable it truly is. I'm not really sure how unacceptable this is. And it's the word that, like, it's the easiest word to use. And you can insert whatever other word you want to use instead. Whatever word you want to use. It's embarrassing. Whatever you want to say. I'm not sure you're right about that. I know your emotions. I know where you're coming from is the right place. I don't know your emotions are real. I'm not certain that it's embarrassing to lose to just about anybody when Tyler Huntley's your quarterback. With all due respect, no, no, I, it's, I don't need to cushion that blow. The guy's not an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure if you guys have heard. It's a pretty important position on the field. Breaking news. I don't know that this is embarrassing. I don't know that this is... I. It might be the exact opposite. It might be a miracle that they've been as competitive as they've been for as long as they have with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback. It might be a historic upset that they've stayed afloat the way that they have and that they haven't gotten their teeth beat in with Tyler Huntley as their quarterback. And that's what makes this awkward because every time they lose, you want to have big picture conversations. And we all know that that's a game that leading 13-3 to in the second half, they could have and arguably should have won. More could have. We'll talk about the should have. And so it's frustrating. And that makes the emotions real when they lose. It's extraordinarily frustrating to have the opportunity to win that game last night. Particularly because it's the Steelers. And all of those yokels that you have to deal with in your life. 
because we all have them in our lives. It's extraordinarily frustrating. But is it embarrassing? N- no. I. This is what happens when you don't have your quarterback. The funny thing is we're trying to have... When, when the Ravens lose games, the conversations we want to have are about like blowing up the entire franchise. When the more practical conversation would be, did the Ravens maybe screw up that concept that we thought was sound about how they handled the backup quarterback position? Did they actually screw that up? Remember the concept for what the Ravens were doing with the backup quarterback thing was, we'll get someone whose skill set is kind of similar to Lamar so you could just essentially do the same thing that you were doing with Lamar. But we are deep enough into this. For as many people as attempted to fool themselves into believing that was true, we knew at the end of last year that Tyler Huntley was nothing similar to Lamar. And do they deserve criticism for not saying internally, we can't do that stuff unless we have Lamar. Why would we attempt to run out Lamar light and hope for the best? Maybe we need to acknowledge that if we don't have Lamar, we have to do something entirely different. The problem is that's not a sexy criticism, right? That doesn't get anybody's attention to say maybe they went about it the wrong way with their backup quarterback. And then the second part of the reality is, and I've said this a billion times, I've never obsessed over the backup quarterback thing because... If you have to survive for more than a game or two with your backup quarterback, you're not going to. Where are we? The crushing part of last night is that it's the Steelers. That's the reality. If last night they lose to insert, give me an NFC team that's competitive but not the world The Lions. Packers, maybe. The Lions only because the reputation of the Lions might have been tough, right? Like yeah, dealing, that's, that's true. You're that's dealing true. with the reputation of them being the Lions. So that makes well, it... So we could say the Seahawks, then. Okay, the Seahawks. They lose the Seahawks. I get it. The Seahawks have been trending in the wrong direction the last like few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I'll we'll just play with the Seahawks, right? You lose the Seahawks last night. You lose to the Cowboys, even. Man, there's a lot of Cowboys fans, so you have to deal with that. You lose to the Seahawks last night. It doesn't feel anywhere near the same. It's because it's the Steelers it feels like it's the end of the world because it's the Steelers the secondary part is it might ultimately end your hopes of winning the division we'll see how tonight plays out you know a lot of us think the Bengals are going to beat the Bills and so if they do they're going to win the division yeah is there like a fly on the microphone there's like a little like piece of something sorry a little piece of something. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. I was just like, it was is it uh, Ashley Simpson doing all these pieces, pieces, pieces of I, you? I don't know what it was. Right. Another reference that you guys will never get. That's okay. I'm too young for that. One, oh I yeah, Whoa. I know. What is the reference? Nope. Nope. We've moved well, you, on. Well, you got to learn we've for next moved, time, so you can make it. On. Nope. Again. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to choose to do that. <laughs> I don't know that there's going to be a lot of Ashley Simpson rep- references on this program. <sighs> 
It was a famous moment. She's Jessica Simpson's little sister, and she did SNL one time, and she sang this song, but she wasn't. She was lip syncing the song, and they played the wrong track, and it was very embarrassing because on national TV, she went to start singing her song, and they started playing the wrong song, and she didn't know what to do. So straight shoot, she just did a little jig, (laughs) and then waltzed off of the stage. It was one of the most famous moments in the history of Saturday Night Live. It was embarrassing. It was extraordinarily embarrassing. That's pretty cool. It's not cool. Well, it was not cool to cool. watch, probably. It was awkward as hell. <laughs> like it was very uncomfortable. And then it was like, is she? Fa-? There was all right. You know what? I'm not. I can't teach you this lesson today. They'll have to save it for another day. Sorry. It's all started because Carson <laughs> Triweekly <laughs> had a little piece of something. Well, pieces of me. That's what he found. Uh, I don't know what just happened there. I was I was riffing, and then it went somewhere. Thanks a lot, Carson. Yeah, sure thing. Did you oh, get that? that did you get that thing though? That's the important part. That's what I'm here. Oh, that's it's, that's what we needed to know. It's long. All right, long. thank God. It's out of here. I was very worried about that. <laughs> Most important thing happening. That today. little piece of something is no more. Thank it's God. Gone. It's a piece of nothing now. Is what it is. That's right. Take that something. As I was saying. <laughs> It wasn't the Steelers, and then the division thing. So those are the two things that sort of stand out. But the reality is you want to make grandiose statements, and I get it. That's just the way that we are. We overreact to everything, and particularly in the immediacy of something, we overreact to it. There's a recency bias that gets played in with the reality being that what's actually happening, what's actually occurring is small margin for error to begin with that disappeared once you had no Lamar Jackson. The bummer about last night was for the first half, Tyler Huntley was as effective as we had seen him. He wasn't particularly good. He was just effective. He was serviceable, which was a bar that he hadn't reached for the last couple of weeks. He was a serviceable backup quarterback in the first half of last night's game. He was 7 for 9. He figured out the Mark Andrews. They somehow got that connection going. That If you could just get that and running the ball now the problem was they couldn't sustain running the ball not for lack of trying for lack of success they couldn't run the ball in the middle of the field last night the only success they had running the ball was outside the tackles that's the only place they found now they ripped off a bunch of good runs uh outside the tackles but they couldn't get those drive sustaining what the Steelers were doing to them they couldn't do to the Steelers if there's anything that's immediately alarming about last night and I, you don't, nobody wants to hear this because it's just easy to say, well, this is the offense's fault. You built the roster that you built. And essentially, at some point this season, said, we're going to have to go all in on defense, particularly with no Lamar Jackson. It's going to have to be all in on defense. To watch that defense get gashed for five yards per carry last night. And you can say whatever you want to say to make yourself feel better about it. Like, well, they, you know, they still only allowed 16 points. You can say whatever you want to say. The Steelers did to them what the Ravens have attempted to do to other opponents. Tired them out, wore them down, gashed them, bullied them from start to finish. It's not about whose fault a particular loss is. It's about the way that a roster is constructed and what has to happen. And whatever slim hopes there are 
for the Ravens to make a run in the postseason involve the following things. Lamar Jackson coming back, being able to run the ball dominantly and dynamically. Again, big X on that one. No Lamar Jackson, no dominant and dynamic running game last night. And a truly dominant defense. X, X, X. Frankly, it's a miracle they were in that football game last night, given all of that. Honest to God. And the the only real reason they were in the game was because of a miracle. Because Connor Hayward decided to shove Ben Powers to the ground after a play was over. And all of the NBC crew pretended like they didn't see it, which was hilarious. That's the only real reason why they were in the game last night. And because the Steelers don't, they're not overwhelming. Kenny Pickett's got some moxie, but he's not particularly good yet. He's just got some moxie. Does a hell of a Ben Roethlisberger impression. God, that is frustrating to watch, man. Somebody who watched a lot of Ben Roethlisberger just sort of lumbering around in the backfield. Like, you could say Kenny Pickett's more athletic than Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I I guess, but it's the exact same concept of just keep moving. Just keep moving. He's not dynamic. He's just slippery. He's slippery as hell. He's elusive. He's not an easy target. thought his hands were too small to do that. It has nothing to do with his hands, whether or not you can be moving. (laughs) Unrelated. I'm still not overwhelmed by Kenny Pickett. I have no idea if Kenny Pickett's going to be a quality quarterback in the NFL or not, but I know that that Ben Roethlisberger impression he does. I can't, what I don't know, because I didn't watch Pitt football, I don't know if this is always the way he's been, that he's always been doing this thing, or if like he got to Pittsburgh and somebody said, well, you're going to have to try to act like the other guy. But that thing is overwhelming. It's this thing where you just keep moving, where you make yourself difficult to bring down because of it. He's also, he also, constantly moving. He also threw crossbody a few times, like really accurately, which was something that impressed me. I mean, he made a couple of nice. Obviously, he made three really nice throws on the final drive of yeah. the game, right? Like he, he, and I get it. It's now back-to-back weeks that he's yeah. put together really nice final drive throws, and you know, kudos to him. Like that's the reality of it. I still don't know how good Kenny Pickett is on the whole, but the moxie part of it, he's got. He's got that part figured out. He's got the, you know, moments not too big. Makes big throws and big moments. That part of it, he's he's got. How good he is remains to be seen. You know, if that's where he's starting from, there's a chance he can grow into being a good quarterback. If what you're starting with is slippery, clutch, that type of stuff, you might be able to take that and build off of it to become a really good quarterback. We'll find out in the coming years. Um. The concerning part about last night in the immediacy is what did it tell us about the Ravens' defense? Because to just say, well, this is all on the offense, you know the offense stinks. You didn't learn that last night. That's not news. They don't have any wide receivers, and they're playing with a backup quarterback. They're not going to be good. You're not going to wake up next week and say, man, the Ravens went out and scored 30 points. That's amazing. That's not going to happen. You have your answer. There is no more evidence necessary. The offense stinks. You can be mad at Greg Roman. They're probably going to move on from it at the end of the year. You can be mad about the way that they built the team. We got to have that conversation. It's such a cop-out to just try to blame everything on Greg Roman. 
I do think he's going to be gone, but it's not just about Greg Roman. It's just easier for us. There has been an organizational philosophy. They have devalued the wide receiver position, and it has killed them. That's not new. We didn't learn that last night. And yes, obviously on top of that, it hurt to lose Rashad Bateman and I guess Devin DuVernay too. Rashad Bateman, really. They were a far different football team when he was on the field. But you can't build a roster with one wide receiver either. We didn't learn any of those things. They're all things you've been dealing with. There was a margin of error, a very slim margin for error, and a pathway to success despite those factors. And for a few weeks, the Ravens flirted with being a team that could succeed despite those things. For a few weeks, they showed you we might be able to win anyway. Went out and got Roquan Smith, and he brought this defense to an entirely new level. And if you could just run the ball and play defense, maybe you'd have a chance if you got Lamar Jackson back. But if you're going to get gashed for five yards per carry on the ground, you're not going to have a chance. Lamar Jackson or not. They don't have the ability to be explosive and throw the ball a bunch of times and play a different football game and say, let's try to do something else. It's not there. This is what it is. And that is the alarming part about last night. The other stuff, stop. The Ravens aren't a good offensive team. Stunner. Breaking news. Send a text alert. We know that. The Ravens getting gashed. Having an opposing team run at will on them. Stop. There's no defense of that. You want to blame Mike McDonald because it's easier than blaming the players? By all means, blame Mike McDonald. Blame his strategy if that's what you want to do. Players weren't good. I mean, they were getting pushed and shoved around. All of them. Guys we like. Even Roquan was human last night. It was a mess. A mess. But other than that, I'm really happy to be here. we got a lot of uh, exciting stuff coming up on the show today. We're going to do a musical number later, I think. We're going to... God's sakes. Just... God's sakes. Give me your slaps, because, yeah, we'll pile on today. That'll be fun. Slaps of the helmet. We'll get to it a little bit later on. Email... Or not, twi- not email me. Tweet me, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Hit us up with uh, who gets your slaps of the helmet. You know the deal. Pick five Ravens. A lot of options from last night. And the problem was I didn't think there was any, like, definitive number one from last night either. Yeah. Like, that was the real issue for me with doing slaps today was, like, I felt like everybody was the three or a four. I didn't think anybody stood out in any particular way as being individually responsible. I thought there were a lot of dudes that could make the list. So, unlike some weeks, I don't think I'm going to beat anybody up for their list today. I felt the same way. Just, I mean, I'm trying to think of who... If you put Mark Andrews on your list, I'd probably beat you up for that. I changed sure. my list like three times. I, I, I just I just kept shuffling them around. I mean, like I, there's there's I, when I started putting, I'm like, well, that person should be on the list, but they're not number one. They're more like number three or four. And then I'm like, that person should be on the list, but they're not really number one. They're more like number four. Or five. Like I just kept doing that. So it's tough. It's tough list. It's tough list this week. But get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Slaps to the helmet. 
Today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hiring right now, and they've got very competitive salaries available. For cadets, $32,611. For entry-level police officers, $60,686. For lateral police officers, over $64,000. Plus a $10,000 bonus for entry-level or lateral police officers. They're hiring for the 2023 Academy classes. They have also incredible benefits, medical, dental, vision, insurance, promotional opportunities, career advancement to 20 specialized units, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Find out more by going to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. That's joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. All right, let's talk more about what happened last night. Joining us now, of course, friend of ours. He is former Ravens tight end. You now hear him the Believe Network. He and Bo Smolka with the Believe in Ravens podcast. He's our buddy, Mr. Dan Wilcox, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you for taking the time as always. Happy New Year's, Glenn. Thanks for having me on, buddy. It's good to chat with you, dude. As you know, it's not exactly a pleasant Monday morning in Baltimore um never okay what can you just take me through because you you on both sides of it losing a football game always stinks is it was it more difficult when it was the Steelers like did did it, did it register in a more different way than it did if you guys lost a game to you know like an NFC opponent absolutely I mean playing against the Steelers is always one of the toughest games you're gonna play all year it's a serious rivalry and we take it we take it personal man like um you know, I, I told you before, Glenn, like we, as players, we take on the attitude of the city that we're playing in. And, you know, so Baltimore don't like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh don't like Baltimore. And it's kind of one of those love-hate type relationships. There's a lot of respect given on both ways. You know, I, I, was, at, I was wearing my Ravens sweat um, two days ago. I went to the Guitar Center to go buy my son some speakers for his new mixer for Christmas. All right. And my Ravens sweat, my old practice watch, my old practice sweat that we used to practice in. And um, I went in there. I went in there, man, and there was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan in there. He just couldn't wait to show me his pictures and everything. Mm. So I sit in and watched him, told me his pictures, and on his phone, and he was raving about how crazy the Steelers are, how great of a team they are, and all that type of stuff. And you know, and we kind of went back and forth, man. You know, I was like, bro, y'all gonna get y'all butts whooped. He was like, man, you know what's about to happen. I was like, yeah, I know what's about to happen. It's gonna be a close game, and we are gonna come out on top. We already beat that butt once. We are gonna beat it twice. You know, so I'm talking crap, and here we go. We lose another one. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that type of day, that type of day. This is the tough part for me about last night, Dan, is that, look, obviously part of the problem is the offense didn't do anything, but we, we kind of know what the offense is with Tyler Huntley under center and with no wide receivers. We've, ex- we've I don't know, we've almost been forced to accept that the last few weeks. The defense getting gashed against the run for five yards per carry last night the way that it did, not to say that, like, it's their fault that the Ravens lost. Not, but like that to me is alarming because this team kind of rebuilt itself in the middle of the year once they added Roquan Smith and kind of said, we're going to have to play to this. We're going to have to be a team that runs the ball and plays defense, and the defense is going to have to be dominant. And last night, I, you can say they only let up 16 points, but to just let the Steelers run the ball at will the way that they did, that, that was alarming and eye-opening to me. Yeah, I mean, it was alarming and eye-opening to me, too, as well. I, I was sitting here telling my 17-year-old, I was saying, man, this has always been a grudge match from day one. And, you know, we never we never put ourselves in a situation when you try to run the ball on us where 
where you're going to beat us by running the ball. And we just kind of got out physical, out, out physical last night um, when it came to running the ball. You, you saw Najee Harris running the ball with anger and determination. And, and he was talking crap the entire game. I just can't I, – I can't remember too many games where running backs were trying to talk crap to our defense. And, um, you know, Ray Lewis and Reed and Suggs and all those guys just set them up pretty quickly. You know, I can remember us playing against um, Mendenhall. He, you know, he had something to say before we came into Pittsburgh to play them that year. And um, Ray Lewis came in. I think he broke his collarbone that week. And I'm like, God, you couldn't even, I mean, you couldn't even like stomach like what just happened. Like this dude was talking crap. He ran in the hole and Ray hit him so hard. And it was just a, it was a legal hit. It wasn't illegal. It was just a physical play. You know, he thought he was gonna bring it to Ray. He brought his best shot to Ray, and Ray brought his best shot to him. And Ray came out on top. Right. And the kid walked out broken collarbone. So that's what running backs get when they talk smack to the Ravens. You know, so it's just like. To see him talking crap to our guys, you know, just getting up after every run and then getting, up, getting the ball the next play, doing it again and again and again, it was pretty shocking, man. I ain't going to lie to you. And, and, you know, we always said that the offense has to score 21 points to win. You know, if we score 21, we win last night. You know, you put yourself in a better situation and the defense don't have so much pressure on them. You know, but to lose five games this year, you know, the way that we've lost them, you know, with fourth quarter leagues is, is pretty disheartening, man. And, you know, it just, you know, it, you could you could put it on the players as much as you want, but I think a lot of it has to do with, with coaching as well. And um, just holding guys accountable and just, you know, not giving them too much leeway. You know, as, as players, we want to go out and practice and give you everything we got, but it's up to coaches to kind of reiterate all the little fine-tuned things that we need in order to keep us consistent. And, um, I was watching the club last night. One of the coaches was going off on, on some of the Falcons players and just talking about how you allow you allow certain things to have. I mean, certain things to happen. And um, and I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that, man. Like we rush, you know, we 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 get to the passer, we missing them by like hair. I mean, these guys get paid too, but it's like to me, you had if that was if that was Tom Brady last night and we lost, then you wouldn't you could just kind of shrug your head and say, "Dog, it's Brady," you know, but. I mean, you lost the what? Pickett, Pickett. You know, like I don't even know who that guy really is, bro. I mean, and you know, and it's just, and he, he's not established in the league where he's that great. You know, he made a play last night that was pretty phenomenal to the touchdown to Najee Harris when he threw the ball and and Pierre Paul just barely missed him. You know, for the game-winning touchdown, and that throw was probably about as good as any throw I've seen a quarterback make under distress. You know, um, and um. I, Impressive game. He, Go he, ahead. He really did remind me of Roethlisberger last night, man. Like he, he just he kept plays alive. He, he yeah. was not an easy target, and you know, and and when the game was on the line, he came through. Like I, I'm not trying to tell you he's going to be Ben Roethlisberger because obviously you're talking about one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the game. But he just he did yeah. almost like a Roethlisbergerian impression last night. Just the the movement in the pocket, his shiftiness, his slipperiness, and then combining that with his his clutch. You know, when the game was on the line, the making his best throws, it was it, – it really reminded me of the last dude. Yeah, it was nice, man. Our, our offense, to me, just is not is not up to par. When I, when, I, when I watch us, like, I think early in the year, I was, I was kind of harping on telling you, like, how good the offense is yeah. now. Like, it, it's always been great. And our offense has always just been kind of average. The defense has always been in the top three. The last six, seven games, defense is in the top three. They were they're supposed to be, you know. But our offense is just, it's, it's man, it's it's disheartening just watching it. It's like we're watching little league football out there sometimes. Just the you know the plays we're making, the routine routes that we're doing, 
you know, nothing special. You know, you got really talented guys. I really do believe the Ravens got, you know, really decent receivers. Are they elite? Are they the best receivers out there? No, but they're NFL receivers, and they're not, they not slouches. They was All-Americans, All-County, All-Conference, you know, all, all you know, they're they going to be Hall of Famers in their colleges, you know, one day. You know, so I think those guys are good enough to get the job done, you know, if you're putting the ball on them in the right spots and you're giving them routes and you're not making it so hard for them to get open. I mean, there's only so many times you can run a basic slant and a basic flat route and a basic curl route and a basic flat route, you know, over and over again, man, before things starts to – before people start to jump on that stuff. And, you know, as coaches, man, you know, Glenn, I, when I used to sit down and coach and I used to break down film, you, you could tell all they run is four or five routes. You know, when you watch film, sometimes you look at an offense that these guys are only going to run four or five routes, and occasionally you'll get this route or that route. But most of the time, you're going to get a curl, flat, slant, out route, or or a comeback, which is your basic route tree route. Six of the of the of the ten basic route tree routes. And I'm just, you, you got to do more, man. You just got to do more. You know, you can only run so many goals and all that type of stuff. But you you have to really put yourself in position. You know where your guys are having an opportunity to do some dynamic stuff because they're dynamic type of players. You know, if you only keep them doing basic stuff, then eventually you're going to lose basic games. Dan Wilcox is with us here in GCR. Dan, I, you know that what I struggle. Look, I I think that we're gonna the Ravens are gonna come up on the end of the, the Greg Roman experiment here in a few weeks. I think that's going to be happening. I guess what I struggle with is just I. I, I hear you saying I'm not trying to to say that these guys are incapable players, but I think we know that there weren't qualified wide receivers on this roster to be number one, number two type of guys. Like they're just not there. I'm not sure how much you open things up with that in the backup quarter. I just don't, I don't know what to do. It just sort of feels like this is a fade out complete. Either you're going to be able to run the ball at will, either you're going to pose your will running the football, be dynamic, you know, and they weren't in the middle of the field last night. They were outside obviously with running the ball, I just don't I don't know that I believe. I, I see Tyler Huntley trying to throw the ball downfield and it's you know, like one out of every three looks like an NFL throw and then the next ones look kinda like the last one at the end of the night did last night. I I just don't know that I believe without Lamar Jackson that they're capable of doing a whole lot more than what they're doing right now. Yeah, I I think Lamar is definitely the the X factor on the offensive side of the ball. When you got such a dynamic guy like him, he elevates everybody around him. And Tyler Huntley, to me, you know, he's he's good enough to win games like this for you. And, yeah, it's a tough game. Yeah, it's against the Steelers. Yeah, it's a lot of emotions. It's a home game, man. We lost, what, 40, 46 games we lost at home. You know, like, it's it's crazy, man. Like, you, you have to be able to win these games. And I think Tyler Huntley, I think he, he can do enough to get the job done. But I, I really do think it's the offensive scheme at the same time. You know, and I, I you, you your hands are only tied so much. You know, if you only let me run four routes, then it's only so much I'm going to be able to do to get open. You know, if you let me run 10 or 15 or 20 different types of routes, then maybe I had a better chance to get open, especially if they play off each other well enough, man. I just, you know, I really think, you know, Rick Roman just got to put something better together for these guys and just kind of take the training wheels off and just really open this offense up for real, man. You know, spread everybody out. You know, the Steelers got six, seven, eight guys in the box every single play on the line of scrimmage to try to make sure you top all your linemen. And they put you in situations where they're telling you they're not going to let you run the ball. They're not going to let your quarterback run the ball. You know, beat us with your arm. Spread them out. You know, get them out of the box. 
you know, if you're going to run it, let it be a quarterback draw. Let it be a, a motion to the backfield and get a ball off to the running back. Do something to separate yourself so that it ain't su- such a tough job for your guys to have to run the ball inside so you can establish the running game. Spread these guys out. Go four wide. Go five wide. Do whatever you got to do in order to make these guys respect your quarterback and respect the arm that he has as well. Because I feel like Tyler Huntley can throw the ball extremely well. The last throw of the night was a horrible throw. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, it looked like it was a miscommunication. It looked like he thought the receiver was going to come back to the ball and the receiver set his angle too high and went high up above because he saw green grass. You know, when he, in, our, in our world, green grass rule, you run the green grass. I hear you. I hear you. You know, so if he throws it high and outside, you know, he may have a play to make. He may have a chance to make that that catch. But he threw it in the middle of the field, like the receiver was going to put his foot in the ground and come back to him. It was a weird, seemed pretty weird to me. It was very weird. What? So let's just portray this, Dan. If Lamar Jackson comes back, you know, let's not even first week of the playoffs. How much yeah. different? can this offense be given everything else they're dealing with can there be a switch flipped can they get back you know before Lamar Jackson was gone they were averaging 28 points a game right like can that happen just based on the return of Lamar Jackson or are they still too limited with everything else that they're doing I think Lamar is such a dynamic player that it's going to be a big, a big shift. I think he's going to come back. I think it's going to be a lot of juice, a lot of emotions going, going, going to rise up. You know, a lot of attitudes of guys are going to get more confident. I told you this before too, man. Like when you got a really dynamic quarterback, man, like it makes everybody relax a little bit more. It makes everybody want to go a little bit harder. It makes everybody want to give it their all. You know, so when Lamar Jackson's in the game, you know you can get the ball at any moment. You know he can extend the play for another three or four or five or six seconds almost every single play. And you just got to take your opportunity to get open. And, and that's what you saw last night, what the Steelers did with their quarterback. You know, so it's our turn to do the same thing, man. And um, I, I feel like Lamar coming back is going to change the game a lot. You know, it really is. And I, we, we really do. Now you respect who he is as a, as a player. And you respect that, he you know, he needs to be on the field for this team to be rolling on all cylinders. I just I still feel like, you know, the, the coaching this year has been kind of subpar. It hasn't been elite. And I just feel like it needs to get better. I mean, I watched John Harbaugh face at the end of that game, and you could just tell he was sick to his freaking stomach. He was like, another one of these, there's no freaking way we're going to lose another one of these games. Man, it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's the way it went. That's unfortunately the reality of the circumstance. But they're still in the playoffs, and we will see how things go. At Coach Wilcox on Twitter is how you follow him. Believe in Ravens, of course, with he and Bo Smolka on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, let's uh, hopefully the next time you and I do this, we're very excited after a stunning playoff win, and everybody in Baltimore is suddenly saying, "Huh, who knows what might be ahead of us?" Uh, love you, brother. Always appreciate you. Happy New Year to you, your family. We'll talk again real soon. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Man, I hope I helped out a little bit this morning. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you, buddy. Dan Wilcox, former Ravens tight end, with us here on GCR. All right, uh, we are into 2023, and I'm telling you, these deals that these betting companies have been offering you, they're not going to last forever. They're just not. I know you're saying to yourself, you've been saying that for a few weeks, because we don't know exactly when they're going to jump ship, pull up, go to another state that's legalizing sports betting and say, we're going to focus on them. We're done with you guys. We don't know what the date is. So I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to do the, the, the bad bit where I'm like, you better take advantage of the day because they'll be gone tomorrow. I'm not saying that. I don't know when. I don't know when the day is 
that these offers will be off the table. But they will. We know that because there's a track record with betting companies and coming into new states where mobile sports betting is legalized, how they go about doing their business and then moving on. The track record says at some point these offers will be off the table. So don't regret the fact that you didn't take advantage of them. Offers like $200 in free bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. Offers like $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Time is limited. I don't have a definition to it, but I promise you it's limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers and sign up today. We come back in. We will take a look at the rest of the weekend. That was a brutal week of picks, and I feel like I've said that quite a few times this season. Do that next. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Another Orioles season is in the books and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. 
If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Keith Mills is going to join us in about 20 minutes. My buddy from WBAL 98 Rock, we will discuss last night's debacle, the Ravens in general, and uh, maybe even a little about Navy, as obviously he is involved with their broadcast crew as well. Right now, let's kind of go over the rest of the weekend that was, and it's a very weird week because we included the Monday night game this week just because the Monday night game is so important. As it turns out, the Monday night game, not just important to the teams involved, it's going to be important to us as well. There is still some uh, some things to be sorted out as far as, like, the side bet that we had for this week. In fact, who's going to be at the top of the table will be decided by tonight's game, unless somehow there can be a push. Can there be a push tonight? I don't even remember. What's uh, the line no. tonight? No, it's line two and a half. Plus one and a half for what well, we got at one and a half uh, for the Bengals. Uh, by the way, uh, the late-breaking news. Jeremy Kahn can't join us this morning, but we're replacing him. We're actually going to step up. Real fan Dan is going to join us this morning at 1130. Quite the controversy on the postgame show last night. Apparently, real fan Dan never got his shirt off at the game. Now, I was not there. You boys both went. Did you went? He didn't get it. They showed him at the end of the first half, and he, and he didn't do it because it was like he was going to build up to yeah, it. They're running half he never got to take his shirt off. I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to have to be the one to say it. You guys know why the Ravens lost last night. There's a direct correlation. Slap that. on the helmet to whoever runs that. So whoever's in yeah, charge, right, whoever's yeah, in charge right. of who's on the jumbo. Well, I might honestly, I might just put Dan on it. Dan could take his shirt off on his own. He doesn't need the camera to be on him to take it. He could demand the camera come to him by taking his shirt. Generating off. enough commotion. Though. Correct. Yeah. Then the camera has to go to him, don't they? I'm gonna have to put some of this on Dan. We're gonna deal with this controversy. Coming up, I don't know this has ever happened. This is the thing about not going to the games anymore. When was the last time this happened? I don't know. He took it off in the two-degree game And when last it was week, miserable like, last week, yeah. his shirt was off. He's always got his shirt off. I got some issues. We got to deal with this with Real Fan Dan. We're going to get to the bottom of this because this is a major controversy to me. He'll, deal, uh, he'll come on with us a little bit later on. All right. Uh, as far as the weekend that was, uh, Griffin got off to a great start oh, yeah. this weekend as he Come was on. one of the very few that believed. He was a believer. I didn't believe. I knew. In your Maryland Terrapins yeah. as they played in the Mayo Bowl against NC State despite being depleted. Thriller. A thriller. Despite the fact that Talia didn't play that well. Yeah. like Despite the fact that their defense was the story of the game. The Maryland defense coming through, not giving up touchdowns. And uh, they get a bowl victory. They get to finish with an 8-5 and five record. It, they get to continue to show like signs of progress uh, within the program. I get it. It's not sexy necessarily, but you can see that there's something going on there. Talia's got to make an announcement. Maryland just lost somebody else. Uh, Finau, right, who announced for the draft as well. So like they're going to lose a lot. They're losing, obviously, all their wide receivers and Deontay Banks and you know a lot of that offensive line. Like They're going to lose a lot, but... The biggest story is whether or not Talia Tungavailoa decides to come back. Nice win for Maryland. Again, I don't want to oversell it, but it was a nice win for them in a bowl game against a legitimate ACC opponent. Um, the, must, the rest of us, for the most part, it was just Griffin and Andrew Stecka. Ironically, 
The best possible week to be agreeing with Andrew Stetka. Um, I've always said that. If I want to, if I'm going into a, a, a picks uh, a rabbit hole or fo- what am I foxhole? Yeah, I want Andrew Stetka there with me. <laughs> you and Andrew Stetka get that point, and nobody else, including Carson. TCU Michigan, the first semifinal. Damn man, what a game that yeah. was! Damn, that was a game. Funny thing, a couple things that are funny about it, right? I don't really know that TCU necessarily outplayed Michigan in any way. What I do know is they were opportunistic, getting the turnovers. That was massive in that game. And two, what they were working with Robinson to say, we're going to try to let this play stretch for as long as we can to have you come around the corner and get into space was kind of brilliant given what they were up against. Now, as I said to a couple people, I don't think they can replicate that against Georgia. I don't think that they can get enough time. I know Dugan's very good at staying alive, but I don't think they can get enough time to keep the play going in order to hit those home runs the way that they did against Michigan. But they did it just enough. You want to say there was a controversy at the end against about, about the targeting thing? I think everyone that is impartial would agree, thank God they didn't call that targeting. You just can't. You really can't. Like, is it, it might actually have By letter of the law, I don't know. But you, just you can't. can't call that you in can't. that moment. You cannot bail somebody out yeah. with something that irrelevant to the play at hand. I, I mean, there was my also, God. Like, uh, they looked, when they were showing the replay, there was also a hold that they didn't catch. So I okay. think that also has some. I was I heard right. people talking about that. What are people saying? They're saying both Harbaugh is going to be fired in the same week. Nobody's so, saying that. that who, who in the world is saying that? Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, some, people, some people I might know be. who is saying that. But uh, yes, TCU not only covers but wins outright. Myself, John Proctor, Ken Zalis, all on that. Everybody else was on Michigan. So rough start. Carson's zero for two. Oh, for two. This is going to become a theme. Not really good at this. Uh, Ohio State, Georgia. That 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 number really killed us, right? Like, if it had been six and a half there, one thousand percent, I'm on Ohio State. It's just, sorry, wait, seven, seven, seven and, and a half. half. It's yeah. seven and a half. Sorry, the other way is what I meant to say. The same way that I was on TCU because yeah. it was seven and a half. If it's seven and a half in that game, I'm on Ohio State. But it's six and a half, I'm like, eh, I don't think so. A lot going on there. Um, like everybody's going to talk about the field goal. The story of the game is Marvin Harrison. That's the story of the game. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, Ohio State probably wins the national championship. And they deserve an amount of credit. And I don't like giving credit to Ohio State because, you know, they're Ohio State. F them. But they doing doing the right thing. Like, we shouldn't have to give them credit for doing the right thing. But, you know, we've seen the Miami Dolphins this season. They did the right thing. And it likely cost them the national championship, but they did the right thing in not giving Marvin Harrison his helmet back in the, the second half of that game. Kudos to them. Now with no Smith and Jigba, now with no Marvin Harrison, and they lost their tight end too. C.J. Stroud was uncomfortable trying to th- force the ball to anybody else. He decides to start running. Still got themselves to a place where they had a chance to win the game. Um, you know, you feel terrible for that kid. I, this is the thing. I, was, I wasn't rooting for Ohio State. And yet, I still wanted the kid to make the kick just because like, there's the empathy part of me that is like, I don't want this human to have to live with this for the rest of your life. That sucks. Sucks that that dude has to live with that for the rest of his life. But ultimately, it is what it is. Ohio State does indeed cover only Andrew Stetka. 
on the Buckeyes wow. from that one. And we did have a Georgia TCU national championship game. It's like a two-touchdown spread for Monday night. Yeah, right? it opened yeah. at minus 13, I believe. Yeah, 13 I, and a half. I, I still don't know that that's enough for me. I think I, I know that Georgia just survived Ohio State, but I just think the uniqueness of the matchup, the, the things that TCU was able to do to have success against Michigan, I don't think they're going to be able to do against Georgia. No. I if, think the if, uniqueness of the matchup is... If, if Georgia's blitzing the linebackers like they did in the last game, it's yeah. just not... It's a, it's just a totally different thing and, for TCU and to yet, deal with. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, Georgia's done. You know, like right. Just wild. Just really wild how it worked out. All right, Saints Eagles. As I keep telling you, if I've got to be in a foxhole with somebody, my guy is Andrew Stecka. Always said that. You know that. I could just agree with any one person. I want it to be Andrew Stecka. Me and Andrew Stecka, both on New Orleans, who not only, of course, cover the six points, but went outright twenty to ten. Carson, you're zero for four. Yes. Oh, not great. Not a great start for Carson. Not ideal. Um, I didn't watch any game. Obviously, the Eagles are going to have to win Week 18 or they run the risk of not winning the division and going from the surefire one seed to the five seed because, you know, seeding makes sense in the NFL playoffs. They do things. The the Buccaneers are going to have a losing record and are guaranteed to potentially have a better seed than the Philadelphia Eagles because we're just going to keep doing this wacky bit with the NFL playoffs. Just hilarious the way they go about doing it. Um, I'm not going to say I'm shocked. I did say, the one thing I said when we made this pick is I always wonder when Tom Brady just is Tom Brady again. Like, that's the one danger to buying in the way that the Panthers are running the ball was, but there's this thing where Tom Brady could just be Tom Brady again. Really funny how he decided to, week to wait until week 17 to remember that Mike Evans was a thing. I, I know Tom Brady's a great quarterback, but how great of a quarterback are you if you spend the first 16 weeks of the season forgetting that Mike Evans exists? Felt really good as a fantasy owner of Mike Evans to watch him put up a thousand points yesterday when he didn't score anything all season long because Tom Brady just decided some like it's like he was uh, on a bet. Like Tom, let me see if you can do this without throwing the ball to Mike Evans all season. Really weird bit, but uh, figured out in just enough time. Carson finally gets on the board. He was on the Buccaneers. So were Paul Valley, John Proctor, and Kyle Ottenheimer. Big point for John there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. It was yeah. a struggle for John this week too. Uh, Washington, Cleveland. Shame on me for ever having any amount of faith in Washington. Shame on me. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. They decided to play Carson Wentz. He stinks. They don't. I to say that's that was the mistake. They should have played Taylor Heineke. Like I think, I I think it was. I think it was. I don't. I don't agree with that. Like Taylor Heineke's not good either. I think the team played better for him. And I think that you rode that for as long as you could until it fell off. And when it fell off, they didn't play at they didn't show up for the San Francisco game. Once it fell off, I think it's a complete 50-50. They they played better with Carson Wentz under center last week. I, I, I don't think either one of them are good, is the reality. Neither one of them is an NFL quarterback. I think the commanders have overperformed this season any reasonable expectation given what it is they have. This is still embarrassing for them. I mean, like, if you're a fan of the Commanders, one, I mean, my, I don't even know this ranks with embarrassing things, but to lose at home to a team that's out of it that just lost to the Saints a week ago at home, like, my God. I mean, Jesus Christ. For that to be how your season ends, that's tough. Um, I, myself, Griffin, John Proctor, and Carson were all on Washington, so we were split 50-50 on this one. Um, Green Bay, this felt so inevitable, man. Like, this just felt inevitable what was happening now the way that it happened was weird 
the way that it happened was kickoff return for a touchdown, interception return for a touchdown. All of a sudden, Minnesota looks up, and it's not like Aaron Rodgers is gashing them, but they're down by multiple scores, and they have to do something different, and they never get back into the football game. And it goes back to the questions that we've had about Minnesota as far as being legitimate contenders all season long. Are they back to being um, – Where's the point differential now, Minnesota, after yesterday? Ooh. After they got blown out 41-17. to 17. Probably not good. I mean, they, obviously, when they've lost, they've lost. <laughs> they have lost between this and Dallas this season. I wonder where their point differential is. We'll get that update. <laughs> it is negative 19. Negative 19. They are 12-4. and 12-4 and four with a negative 19 point differential. That's unbelievable, man. <laughs> like, that's really unbelievable. Um... John Proctor was on the Vikings. Carson Triweekly was also on yes. the Vikings, despite the inevitability of the Packers late in the season. Um, and then, of course, the Ravens thing. Steck and KZ were on Pittsburgh for that one. As you said, the guy that you want to be with, yeah. Andrew Stecka. That's your guy this week. And then we still have tonight to uh, sort out. Now, tonight is relevant. Let's give you a picture of where we are picks-wise. Andrew Stecka is going to be the winner of the week. <laughs> It's not going to make much of a difference. <laughs> Although, I say I, that. Hang on a second. Let me take that back. Yeah, he, he's the he, No, I'm saying, does it, will it make a difference? Because he's got Cincinnati and Kyle has Buffalo. If, if mm. Stecka wins tonight, he'll be back within five games of Vice Worm with one full week remaining and the playoffs. It's not over yet this ended up being huge for Stecka. it's not over i still wouldn't want to be in his shoes and tonight is really important like tonight if if buffalo covers tonight it's all but over right but tonight's really big for keeping Stecka alive at the bottom of the table the race for the worm nobody else was even 500 this week the best no that's not true ken zalas yeah. could still finish five and four my apologies he could still finish five and four if cincinnati does indeed cover one and a half tonight everybody else is going to finish under 500 but the more relevant numbers are what's going on at the bottom for the week because we had a side bet mouthwash and garlic juice 30 second gargle which <laughs> carson seems to think like i might just go home and do that anyway <laughs> like, carson asked me what was the punishment again like 30 seconds of mouth of mouthwash and garlic juice. He's like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> I don't get in comparison to a mayo bath, no doubt. Not nearly as painful as something like that. So the reality is at the moment, going into tonight, Griffin has two wins. John Proctor has two wins. Carson, do you even have two wins? You he only have one. One, uh, right. one win. So by virtue of that, those of us with three wins are all safe. Carson can't overtake us. So it comes down to Griffin, Carson, and John Proctor. Yeah, and the way the pick. So I'm on Cincy, and then John and Carson are both on Buffalo. So okay, so, so John, John is, is safe, safe because safe. if Carson wins, he wins as well. Mm -hmm. So John is safe. It is between. It's either Carson by himself or Carson and Griffin is what this comes down to yeah. based on tonight. All right, very good. Uh, also, we will determine who's at the top of the table at the end of the evening because John and I are currently tied, mm. killing it at 75 and 79. <laughs> Just world beaters over here. 75 and 79. Winner uh, between uh, this one tonight. We'll move into first place on the table going into next week. 
that's our picks recap. Ugh, just <laughs> gross. Gross, gross, gross. It was also brought to you by... Ooh, this one was also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We will have one more Tyus Bowser Show for you tomorrow evening. Final Tyus Bowser Show of the year. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Please come join us. I know it's disappointing when the Ravens lose, but... If you've not been out for a Tyus Bowser show, we just do something a little bit different. We have a lot of fun, no matter what the circumstances are. We're going to talk about it, obviously, but then we'll talk about a lot of other things. And uh, you get the opportunity to meet Tyus and his special guest tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Guilford Hall Brewery. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to catch up with our buddy Keith Mills from WBAL, get his thoughts on where the Ravens are and that debacle from yesterday. That is on the way, and we will get to a slaps on slaps on the helmet a little bit later on in the program. Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Back in here on GCR, how fortunate is Maryland basketball that we don't have to talk about them? How fortunate is it that nobody in either one of these markets gives a rat's ass today because they got their asses handed to them by Michigan on the road yesterday and probably going to be the story anytime they face a qualified big all season long. They do not have answers for it. Into hour number two of the program, you just heard Stan the Fan's voice. I promise you, Stan the Fan will be back. Do not know exactly what the timing is going to be for this week yet uh, because Stan's dealing with some family issues, but in 2023, Stan will be doing two shows for you every week um, once this thing gets settled, and at some point this week, he intends to start that back up at facebook.com slash Sports. He is our buddy Keith Mills, WBAL, of course, part of the Ravens broadcast crew, part of the Navy broadcast crew, and just an overall good guy and a legend in our community. And it's good to welcome him in this morning, wish him a happy new year. Happy new year, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Oh, Glenn, same to you, buddy. Same to you, man. How's everything with you? I mean, everything, like, in as far as stuff that actually matters, everything is really good, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. The things that Gloom actually are today, right? Yeah, today, <laughs> you, know, you know how this goes. Keith, I, I'm going to give you this because I was talking about this at the top of the show. I'm in a weird place because I know that the Steelers thing makes this so much worse than anything else that could happen. If the Ravens lose to the Seahawks last night, it still stings, but it doesn't feel the way it feels to lose to the Steelers. You know, like anybody does, that there is an awful lot of like big picture conversation that's happening. And there are a lot of people that are talking about the future of the organization and leadership and things like that. I really wonder how fair it is to judge this team by what's happening right now with Tyler Huntley playing at quarterback. I just, I, I get that it sucks. I get that it's no fun to watch an offense sputter and have no real ability to do anything, but I just don't know how fair it is to judge anyone by what they're doing when they don't have an NFL quarterback on the field. Or, uh, Glenn, I agree wholeheartedly, or a receiving core that's been gutted by injuries, and you basically have guys who have... Uh, you know, been released by other it's, teams it's, or in the it's case scrap of heap, yes. you know, certain guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. With that said, um, you know, I look at it, I call it the video game uh, scenario right now. All these, particularly young, particularly younger fans are playing Madden and they, and they think that, you know, you put up, you know, Tyler Huntley and Madden throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Oh, no, he can do that in a, in a real game. Um, but, but, but Tyler Huntley uh, is a very serviceable backup. He's only started eight games in the NFL. Uh, and to compare him to Lamar or any other established quarterback in the NFL is ridiculous, to be bluntly honest with you. And now as you see time go by, you see what he can't do in regards to his overall game. It's kind of like a young pitcher comes up from the minors and for a start or two, uh, he shuts the door on bona fide major league players. And then when they figure out what he can't do, uh, they're more patient at the plate and they, they kind of rock him. And next thing you know, he's back in the minors. 
Uh, Tyler's been a great backup. You know, he's three and two right now as a starter, plus the game that he came in for, 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 for uh, to replace Lamar with Denver. But he's not Lamar Jackson, or he's not Josh Allen, or he's not Patrick Mahomes, or he's not uh, our Kenny Pickett last night, who is in his, who came out of a system where they passed the ball much more than they ran the football. Uh, so fans have to take a step back and look at the big picture. And the big picture is the Ravens' offense, from a personnel standpoint is a shell of what they were when the season started. With that said, you know, you still had a 10-point lead again going into fourth quarter last night. Uh, The defense couldn't hold it, but last night was different because Pittsburgh dominated time of possession, particularly in the second half, and the Ravens couldn't get off the field on third down, and they were gassed, man, at the end of that game. And I I give the pass rushers a lot of credit. They still brought it. Uh, at the end, but man, those guys played a lot of snaps, particularly interior line, who were playing without Clayus Campbell. Again, he, he's, he's like the Lamar of the defensive line. You're not replacing him with a kid like Rashad Nichols that came up from the practice squad. And sure enough, Rashad gets out there last night, and Pittsburgh runs right at him. Good coaching on their part, good execution. No, but to no think doubt. that this team is going to roll over teams uh, like they did, uh, you know, uh, the last couple of years, it's, it's, they're, they're just they're, that's, that's not happening. Uh, Keith, what what you bring up to me, and that's the funny part. Like, I get that the easy thing to do is point out that they only scored 13 points. The offense, that's what it is. We kind of know what the offense is at this point. I thought what happened last night defensively was by far the more alarming thing because, to your point, they got gashed. They got bullied up front. Five yards per carry on the ground by the Steelers. This is a team that has shifted its focus midseason and with Roquan Smith had been a dominant type of unit. And it's not just they gave up the late touchdown. It's that kind of from the get-go, they were being out physical. That was really alarming to me last night. Yeah, it's a great point. Tony Dungy last night after the game on the Sunday Night Football crew said that the Steelers were in pads on Friday. Uh, And you know, and I know, that they came off that Ravens game a couple weeks ago uh, just craving for another chance at them. And last night was that chance. And their offensive line won the battle. And again, take Calais Campbell out of there. That's a monumental loss. Uh, with that said, uh, you got to give credit to Pittsburgh. Got to give credit to their backs. They ran hard. Um, they won the battle. And, and, and no, there's no one in the Ravens locker room that could say last night that the defense played well, uh, even though they gave up just one touchdown. Um, and again, think about that. You give up one touchdown, and you're opposing you're, 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 the offense on the other team has the ball twice as long as you do. It's unbelievable. So they're possessing the clock and they're moving the chains, and that's something we haven't seen around here in a, in a long, long time, particularly since Roquan came here. Good point, but give credit to Pittsburgh, man. They outplayed the Ravens on both sides of the, of the interior line at the point of attack, and that's where games are won or lost. And the great Keith Mills is with us here on GCR. Keith, I, I just as, like this leads to so many different questions. The first question is, can you just get Lamar Jackson back and have him be Superman and you know, <laughs> yeah. like you can survive this? And I, I think it's easy for a lot of people at the moment to feel like the answer is a definitive no. Like there's just too much going on here for even a healthy Lamar Jackson to patch it all together. Is it even reasonable to think that a guy can just come back from this type of injury and just suddenly turn into superhuman uh, or Superman again? But I guess we still have to have the conversation. As much as everyone wants to bury the season and say it's a lost cause – this still does come down to, does Lamar Jackson come back on the field, and what does he look like? Because, you know, if he is Lamar Jackson, you at least have a chance, even against good football teams. 
Yeah, you have more of a chance. Now, again, no knock on, on Tyler Huntley, who's done a, a great job as his backup. But sure, uh, Lamar's an elite player um, who was struggling when he went out to begin with. But the start of the season, when he had Bateman and he had uh, uh, Duvernay healthy, I man, those guys were doing some good things offensively. And that was without J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So those guys have never been together in two years. Think about that. That, that, that backfield um, threesome that we talk about, Lamar, Dobbins, and Gus haven't been together for two years. So to think that he's going to come in and whip it, sling it around for 400 yards a game with the receiving core they have right. is, 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 is a pipe dream, if you ask me. The good thing last night, though, was that Mark Andrews got back on track, and he was basically unstoppable at times last night, even though they had double teams and a couple of times triple to the three guys on him, and he still found a way to get open. But realistic expectations are if Lamar can come back this week and even if Cincinnati wins tonight um, and clinches the division, you got to play him, if you ask me. you got to get him ready for the postseason uh, and take your shot. Uh, and that, that's, that's the, that is assuming that he's going to be able to practice right, this week. And we don't know. By the way, it's, um, it's, I'm, 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 it's interesting you bring that up, Keith, because I wanted to go there, which is what, what do you do? Because even I, I've heard arguments that even if Cincinnati loses tonight, that you don't even you, – you acknowledge that it's more important to have your players healthy for a playoff game than it is to have a home playoff game. And I've heard arguments from folks that, that you don't even – you know, you don't try to play Calais Campbell this week. You don't try to play anybody who's dealing with an injury. That Even if the division is still available to you, you, you rest those guys and say value health and not losing more dudes over trying to get a home playoff game when you're likely to play the same team two weeks in a row. What do you make of oh, that argument? Yeah, no question about it. The Ravens have done, done major damage in the playoffs as a wild-card team. And that whole home field in the playoffs isn't overrated. But, it, it, it well, it, it's not as, as extreme as people think. I think it's a little overrated. Look at all the teams that have, that have, that have won on the road the last couple of years. Um, and the Ravens are, 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 are proof of that. They beat Tennessee a couple of years ago on the road yeah. when nobody thought they were going to do that. With that said, um, to me, it's more about Lamar being healthy. If he's, uh, somebody asked me if he's 80%, do you throw him in there? And you say no, because he's not able to do what he can do uh, as he, if he's 95 to 100%. So I think that is question number one the Ravens have to answer. If they do bring him back, is he able to play like the Lamar we've seen play uh, before some of these nagging injuries took, it, took its toll as mid, midway through the season. Uh, if not, then Tyler's going to be the quarterback, and you have to deal with what you have to deal with. With that said, though, go back and think about what they did against Cincinnati when they were here. And Cincinnati, that game, didn't have T. Higgins, but they had Chase, they had Boyd, they had Mixon, they had um, um, a P. Ryan, and they were loaded for Bear other than Higgins, who's an elite player. But the Ravens stomped them at the line of scrimmage and beat them, I think, what uh, – they beat him on a field goal at the, at the buzzer from Justin Tucker. So they can beat Cincinnati. Can they beat him the way they're, 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 um, they're, they're, they're sculpted now with the players out there? I don't think so. But you get Lamar back healthy, and you got J.K. and Gus, even though they do have a receiving core that's, that's not putting any fear in anybody out there right now. No. You can beat them. Uh, with that, will they? Ah, who knows? But they can. And they have. No, so we'll see. But you've you got to right. have a healthy Lamar. You don't, you don't play him if he's – if he's 75%. Keith, let me ask you, Keith Mills with us here. I know the absurdity of this question, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking it knowing that I have an opinion about it, but I want to know what you feel about it. Um, the Ravens are about to go to the playoffs for the 10th time in 15 years. It's almost absurd to ask about the big-picture health of the franchise, but 
there's so much stuff that's out there, right? Like, I think most of us are leaning towards the idea that they're going to need to change offensive coordinators and – I you know maybe the scheme is something that they're just not going to be able to break through doing. There's of course Lamar's contract situation that looms over everything about this franchise. What do you make of the overall big picture for where the Ravens are, the leadership of this team, the way they've constructed the roster, like and knowing they're going to the playoffs, like they've won games this season, but knowing that there are legitimate questions that are being asked. Oh, that's you know, anytime you lose some games, there's going to be questions. Listen. Steve Bishotti, in my opinion, is one of the premier owners in all of professional sports in America. And the Ravens are one of the premier organizations in all of American sports in America, as are the Steelers, um, as are the New England Patriots, teams that have been uh, at the top of the mountain for a long time, uh, though the league is not built for teams to sustain continued success. Now, obviously, the Colts with Manning, Bucks with Brady, and you have an elite Hall of Fame-like quarterback, you're going to have a lot of success. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger was that quarterback with Pittsburgh. But, but the Ravens have sustained success over the course of time for the last 20 years, 22 years, and that's not changing. Listen, look at their young kids they drafted. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's going to be a Pro Bowl player. So is Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, you got some good kids that, that, that are behind them. Uh, Dobbins uh, was a big draft pick a couple years ago. If he stays healthy, he's a really good running back. Uh, I loved Rashad Bateman. I thought Bateman was a great pick. That was a huge loss. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the Ravens are still tight end heavy. Defensively, uh, you always have to, uh, you know, you always have to upgrade your secondary. But to think that this team is going to go in the tank in the next couple of years, regardless of who the quarterback is, that's just not happening. They're too well run. John Harbaugh has a has a has a proven um, um, legacy of success right now, and that's with a that's with a passing quarterback with Joe. That's with a running first quarterback with Lamar. That's with a variety of defensive and offensive coordinators. John has figured it out. He does a great job of dealing with adversity. He does a great job of managing his team. He's kind of like a CEO right now, as opposed to just being an offensive defensive coordinator. But they got some, they got some decisions to make in terms of uh, the offensive staff, and, and, and we'll see what happens at the end of the year. I don't see, see John making a move right now no. before that. No. Uh, you know, Unlike what happened with Jim Caldwell, everybody says, well, he, he got rid of Cam Cameron. Well, he had, a, he had an offensive coordinator in waiting at Jim Caldwell, but he also had Anquan Bolden, yep. he had Dennis Pitta, he had Ed Dixon, he had Torrey Smith, he had Ray Rice, he had Joe Flacco slinging it around, and he had a big-time offensive line. Uh, and that offense, uh, once they got under Caldwell for about five, six games, was unstoppable. Yes. So it's a completely different situation right now. Yeah, you can blame Greg Roman, and he gets a lot of blame, and some of it's justified, but you got a second-team quarterback out there for the last month and in a week, and, and it's unfair with the receiving core he's got. And you could say, yeah, you got to draw up all these different plays, yada, yada, yada. But when you get inside the red zone, as you know, Glenn, you got to win your individual matchup because the field shrinks and scheme, it becomes less scheme and more individual matchup. And the Ravens just aren't winning those. Uh, there's no doubt. All that's true. Uh, Keith, before I let you go, if I could, because um, you know, I know how much you got to know Kenny Amatololo the last couple of years. I've, I've written ad nauseum about him. We, he and I just had a nearly hour-long chat last week. Um, the, the respect that you have and, and what you would want to tell people about Kenny Amatololo and the 15 years that he spent as head coach here at the Naval Academy. Uh, I'll share this with you, and I shared it with Kenny uh, some time ago, and I shared it on Twitter uh, when he got fired. Which, by the way, uh, you know, you can make a move, but don't make a move after the biggest game of the year. 
Um, um, and, and I was in the locker room after the game, and it was, as you can imagine, just devastating, man. The seniors that played their last game, tears were flowing, and to think that, that Kenny got fired not long after that was, it was, in my opinion, pretty bush, to be honest with you. With that said, Coach Nehemiah is one of the finest gentlemen and finest people I've ever met. I was asked when I retired four years ago of all the big-time coaches I've met who I would like my son to play for. And I, and I said, Gary Williams, I don't know if you remember Fang Mitchell at Coppin State, one of the mm-hmm. legendary coaches of all time, Buck Walter, and, um, and Coach Nehemiah. And Coach Nehemiah was at the top of the list. And, and the impact he's had on his players off the field, and that's one of the things I loved about those guys that came to his defense after he got fired. I mean, every one of them, from Keenan to, to kids that you never heard of before, just, just, came, just, just stepped up and said, hey, this guy – is the perfect coach for Navy because the mission of the Naval Academy suits Ken Niamatololo perfect. Yeah, he wants to win. He's a great competitor. But he understood the mission, and he understood that he was developing young men uh, to, to, help, to help lead the country in the United States military. And that goes far beyond uh, the football aspect of it. With that said, he was a terrific football coach. But, Glenn, as you know, you spent an hour with him last week, one of the finest gentlemen and family men and mentors of young people that I have ever been around. No and you, uh, and that covers a lot of ground, but he's at the top of the list. And then what should we know about Brian Newberry, Keith? Oh, Brian Newberry, same, same, kind of, same kind of person. I used to coach a baseball team at Cardinal Gibbons right at the end of their run before they uh, closed in 2010, and we had a center fielder named Blake Thompson who was an all-state football player who went to Elon huh. to play football. Brian Newberry was his position coach. So I had heard a lot about Coach Newberry long before he got to uh, Navy from, from Blake. Just, a, just a, the same kind of guy, top-notch uh, person who cared a lot about his players. Was tough, really tough, but got a lot out of his players. What he's done at Navy, Glenn, as you know, with the personnel they have to be able to play and, and hold Notre Dame to 26 yards rushing in the second half when they played here at M&T Bank, to beat and shut down Central Florida a week later, who was ranked at the time, to, to, to put the clamps on a Cincinnati team both last year and this year that was ranked in the top 20 for most of the year. Last year went to the college playoff. Coach Newberry is a tremendous college football coach, also highly respected from everyone at the academy, from uh, Superintendent Buck on down, and certainly revered by his players, particularly on defense. John Marshall told me, man, the world changed for him when Coach Newberry took over four years ago, the whole landscape of Navy, Navy's defense changed. And they're, they're in good hands right now. And, and I think Brian would be the first to tell you it's an awkward situation not having Coach Nehemiah, who brought him in yep. Um, um, yep. To, to coach the defense. Um, with that said, they're in good hands with Coach Newberry. But, man, hats off to Coach Nehemiah for what he did. The best. The absolute best. Keith, when we uh, hearing or seeing you this week? Uh, well, I'll be back. Uh, let's see. You got the Braves pregame show, depending on whatever time it is on right. Sunday. <laughs> you know, I guess it's going to be either four o'clock game or one o'clock game. Uh, and then back with Pete Gilbert on Ravens wrap Sunday night after that. So, uh, uh, still got a lot of football to talk about. I know there's a lot of gloom and doom around town, but crazy things have happened in the playoffs. You got to get there and the Ravens are there. At Keith Mills 1090 on Twitter is how you follow him. Happy New Year, my friend. Always appreciate you. Great to chat with you this morning. Thank you for doing this. Same to you, Glenn. And listen, man, what you do for, for local sports right now is, is you, and, you and Pete Gilbert are the only two guys right now that are, that are killing it locally. That's fantastic. 
and your love of Navy football is noticed by everyone down there, man. Pre- we appreciate that. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Keith. Always good to catch right, up buddy. with you, my friend. Keith Mills from WBAO. Uh, appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. Uh, we are going to, I think, catch up with Brian Newberry this week. I think that is the plan to, to meet. Say meet. Like, we've actually, you know. He's been around for a little while, but now in the new role that he'll be taking over as head coach, I believe the plan is that we will catch up with Brian Newberry this week on the program. All right. Um, I guess let's dish out the slaps here. I guess let's go ahead and do that. Uh, Slaps the Helmet are brought to you today by Glory Days Grill, where the Comfort Classic menu is still available into 2023. Includes... <clears throat> oh, man, sorry. The twisted ribs and wings combo or the meat tornado. tornado. The winter spinach salad, the citrus salmon, the mac and cheese bites, and the bourbon butter cake. Oh, my God, it's so good. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website. Get your order in right now. Enjoy the delicious comfort classic menu at your neighborhood at Glory Days Grill. You know the deal for slaps in the helmet. You pick five Ravens. You rank them five to one. Two of them must be offensive players. Two of them must be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. Another offensive player or the defensive player. Special teams player or a coach. Um, I said earlier I'm not going to be too critical of anybody's list because I just think there are a lot. Everybody, there are about 20 options that all feel like they should be number three on the list. Like That's exactly how I felt about doing slaps today. I didn't feel like there was a strong number one. I I ended up going a very specific way with my slaps, and I'll explain it when we get there. The offensive players are at the lower end of my list. For example, Morgan Moses is my number five, and it's tough because I think he actually ended up playing fairly well in the second half of last night's game. But the one sack that he gave up to TJ Watt was brutal, and he was just sort of routinely... I know he was also hurt, and kind of in and out, it's unfair, but I, I don't know which other offensive lineman, like that was the, also the tricky part for me, is which other offensive lineman was more deserving. The offensive line was a story of last night. I couldn't determine who was more deserving of a slap than Morgan Moses by the actual results of what occurred. If you want to say Ronnie Stanley just because he had been playing so well, and then last night he didn't play at Ronnie Stanley level, I would understand that, but Morgan Moses to me was the answer at number five. Um, yeah, uh, he, Morgan Moses is also on my list. At my number five, though, I was trying to figure out which linebacker to put there. Yeah, there ended up being a bunch on my list. Yeah. Um, I ended up putting Roquan at five. I mean, just he, I mean, he he was the one that led up the touchdown at the end, and you know, just since he's been so great, we expect we've expected so much from him, and he uh, he got beat on the final play. We'll get so. back to that. We'll get back to that. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with a coach for the first time. Okay. Uh, I have Joe Alessandro, the offensive line coach. Okay. And, well, sorry, Joe D'Alessandro. D'Alessandro, yes. Uh, so, listen, I know it's one sack to TJ Watt, but when you go over these blocking assignments going into the week, if they're rushing six and we're blocking five, there's one guy you yeah, that math, have to That get math a don't math, on. right. There's, yeah. but, and I understand that. And quite frankly, if it wasn't TJ Watt that came through untouched on that play, if it was Spillane or someone else, I would not have him on the list. But when you go over these blocking assignments, there's one guy you've got to get at least a hand on every single time, and that's TJ Watt. And he came completely untouched for a sack. I mean, that's the one. That's, I, I can't. That I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand that. It's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. The math don't math like you said, but there's one guy that's like, all right, if they're rushing, if they're rushing all eleven guys on the defense, if there's one guy that I'm gonna at least try and get a hand to, it's T.J. Watt. My number four is where we find Tyler Huntley. Um, 
if, if you want to put him higher, this is, you want to do the Griffin bit, well, he's the quarterback, I guess fine. He was serviceable, though, in the first half. Like, I, I don't know what to say about Tyler Huntley. Yes, the interception was gross, but there was also 20 seconds left in the game and you had no timeouts. I, 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 I'm not trying to give him a pass for that interception because it was awful, but, like, I do understand someone just desperately trying to make some kind of crazy play because if you don't, like, I, I can understand why somebody would say Justice Hill was kind of open underneath. Best case scenario, Justice Hill would probably get out of bounds because he would have some space to get out of bounds, but he would get, like, what, 10, 12 yards and get you to midfield at most? You'd be sitting in midfield with 10 seconds left? I, I don't know. Or like, even throw it away? I mean, I, I, it, it's, there's 20 seconds. You're yeah, in a bad yeah, position. It's an uphill battle. You're in a bad position to begin with because you don't have a two-minute offense with Tyler Huntley as your quarterback. You just don't have it. It doesn't exist in Baltimore specifically without timeouts like you don't have the ability to do that so you know i i don't know tyler huntley's number four but i don't i don't feel good about it uh morgan moses was my number four all right kind of for the similar reasons that people might be trying to say stanley because morgan moses coming off probably one of the best games of his career yep. against atlanta and then yeah just i mean you know he had to block tj watt is what it had is, to block tj watt and the penalty and yeah. all of it and and yet you know you knew he was playing with an injury it's you feel tough because mm-hmm. you feel like you should be grading on a curve but what happened happened that's the reality of it uh, i'm marlon humphrey at number four and this is going to kind of be like a weird bit and you know it's, this is it's for i said i wasn't going to be able to beat up anybody for their list but boy you are really testing it it's for a specific reason it's that so we have brandon stevens out there uh-huh. who was you know n- maybe not the guy that we want as a starting corner, but you know, due to some circumstances, he was yes. out there. Marlon Humphrey not following Deontay Johnson across the formation before the snap subjected Brandon Stevens to getting cooked on a few of these plays. But and I don't I, know if that's Marlon Humphrey's. Well, I, I you want to be a top tier corner in the NFL. Look at but all, I don't look think at all that these that other great. You're, you're suggesting that he's supposed to what ignore the responsibilities of the play that's called and just. I, I'm saying that I'm looking at these great corners in the NFL, and they're all, they'll follow someone across. I understand, the but they don't do that. The Ravens just yeah. don't do that. I know, but I re- like, it's just to that me is it, a really that's a. Really I know it's a hot, I know it's a hot take. This but is but a, it's I not even to, just it's a hot I take. I had to spice it up today. It's that they got gashed for five yards per ground. You put two defensive players on your list, and one of them was Marlon Humphrey. Yes, I had to change it up a little bit, and I also I'm just thinking of. I mean, you're, you're, you're subjected the backup to getting I can't believe you figured out a way. <laughs> After you and I had agreed so much. When the yeah, left, Glenn, you've taken like over the, the Griffin role today. Like two weeks in a row. Like, I can't believe yeah, I'm, Humphrey's that num- Humphrey's my number four, though. Okay, number three for me is Dafe Owe. And I thought about making him number one. It's just that expectation comes into play. And at this point, I have no expectation. So I put the guys higher on the list that I have expectations for. Then I put him. but and, and by the way, I know that the hilarious part is he actually technically made a play in the backfield, but we all know Justin Matabike really made that yeah. play, and he was just sort of the one that was able to come clean it up. Um, it, it's just such a giant nothing. It's alarming. I mean, it's, it's alarming at this point. There's no more. At the beginning of the year, I can make the argument, well, he was being asked to do way too much, and he was taking all the double teams. Like, now it's just. I don't get why we put him in coverage. There was the, there was the tip ball at the line of scrimmage <coughs> that. I, maybe the camera didn't show like how close he actually was, but it looked like he was right there, and he just barely makes an attempt for the ball. He was close. He and, really was. Like, 
So I mean, I'm I'm sick of. Well, Kyle too. Hamilton also had the tip that he never like noticed that the ball was there off the tip ball that he could have mm, made yeah. the interception. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just a mess. Uh, I'm I'm glad always on your list. I actually kept him off mine uh, because I decided to put Broderick Washington as my second defensive yeah, player. It's tough, man. Like because they got gashed for five yards on the ground. I so. I understand. I we'll get back to that in a yeah. second. The last time I played the Steelers, they played so well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, no Calais obviously hurt too. Yeah, so, sure. Big time. Broderick Washington. I put Roquan Smith at three. Uh, I mean, you know, get beat in coverage. He looked like you said he looked human for the first time, and I guess maybe that's a little unfair on me to put him on my list this high because he's been so good. But you know what? With the expectations, and then you come out and you know give up a touchdown in coverage and, and things like that, I, he's on my list. Um, this one's tough for me, but I had to think about it, and I'm, maybe I'm I'm putting him on the list more to show that my ability to be impartial. But Tyus is my number two. Um, it wasn't just inside that they were getting beat on the run; they were getting beat everywhere on the run last night and Tyus has been so good at setting the edge that that was eye-opening too all of it was eye-opening he was being pushed too far out wide a few times they were Fryermuth was doing a hell of a job in blocking in the run and getting him out of the way um I don't know that Tyus was actually the second worst player on the field as much as it's again to me the story the story of last night's game to me is the run thing it's the five yards per carry it's the Steelers winning time of possession by 10 minutes those are the stories of the football game. So the top three guys on my list are all linebackers. Like, that to me, it, it was alarming. And I get it, to your point, Griffin, the defensive line wasn't doing a great job, but I, it, it's hard for me to beat up Broderick Washington the same way that I'm going to beat up. Like, if I was going to put a defensive lineman on my list, it might have been Matt Abike, but he also made some plays. Like, I my expectations for them are lower than this group. This group was getting carried for a few yards. They were not... The linebackers, to me, were the story. Like, it was bad last night, and this should be their strongest unit. So I'm making Tyus my number two. I get it. It's I don't think he was actually the second-worst player on the field. Will you mention it to him tomorrow? Yeah, I'd be, I'm not going to. I mean, if, if, if there's a reason to, I'm not going to come up, hey, dude. <laughs> you know, like, if there's a reason, I'm not going to hide from it. Uh, my number two, this is where I decided to put my coach, um, and I was between Harbaugh and Roman. I think I'm just going to go with Roman because – uh, I mean, they they I mean they were still throwing the ball while up in the fourth quarter. They essentially had three straight three and outs. They had one. They had picked up one first down in one of their final three drives before the before I, before I, the. You guys want to blame Greg Roman for that? You can't. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah, they weren't I, running the ball. I don't know what you, if you wanted them to just run the ball for the sake of running it right in the middle of the line of scrimmage and not getting any yards. So you can say that you ran the ball by all means. That. I, I get it. We don't like Greg Roman. Yeah. Last was, night to me was not about Greg Roman. It was about the players on the field. I was or I was, or I was gonna put hardball because I'm I mean it's I don't know. I mean he every single week it's just well it starts with the coaching staff and but I don't know what you want to make th- th- this is what do you want him to say? Hold the rest of the coaching staff accountable. How what do you I, mean by that? Start firing guys. In week seventeen Might as well. To do what? Might as well. Griffin Put Come on. De- put Delisandro as uh yeah, as the you know. O C now. Make him the O C. It yeah. was a hell of a night for him. Uh, I don't really feel good about my number two, but I have Morgan Moses at number That's two. Fine. That's uh, fine. I mean, realistically, I would have liked him at like four, but yeah, Man. you know, you get a penalty, you give up a sack, and uh. well, we talked about the, you know, I don't know that necessarily that blocking assignment's his fault, but that really was like the number one thing from the game that made me angry was that sack. Uh, so yeah, he finds himself at number two on my list. Rokon's my number one, and it's because of expectation. That's what it is. It's because unlike these other, Roquan Smith was the game changer, world beater, the guy that wasn't going to allow these types of things to happen. And I don't think it's his fault that the Ravens lost last night, but I think when 
With great power comes great responsibility. I believe uh, it was Kevin Garnett who said that once upon a time. And Roquan Smith, we've identified as being that guy for this defense and was not a difference maker last night, was not a game changer in any sort of way. So because of the high level of expectation that I have for him, I didn't think he was bad necessarily. He just didn't change the game last night, and that's the level of expect. When we talk about paying an inside linebacker $20 million, it's because things like this don't happen. That's what makes you worth $20 million. I'm not trying to make a – I was ready to make Roquan Smith the Ravens MVP despite the fact that he wasn't here for the first whatever weeks of the season. That's, the, that's where I am. When you have that amount of – Expectation. Yes. And last night was pedestrian. That's why he's my number one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I This is where Huntley comes in on my list. I mean – it's the Griffin bit. Whether it's not a bit, I it's mean, the he, Griffin bit. Whether whether you know, like Keith Mills was saying, you should we grade him on a curve because he's the backup to Lamar. But he he's not he's not a, he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. He can't throw the ball more than eight yards down the field, and we saw that on the final play of the game. Like he's just I I, I, I don't know what he saw, and that looked like him trying to throw it as far down the field as he could, and it was like eighteen yards. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm siding with Griffin here. He's my number one. It's the quarterback. Uh, I don't feel great. I don't necessarily feel that it's fair that I have him at number one, but I just had to. I said I wasn't going to fight you guys about your list, so I'm not going to fight you guys about your list, even though yours was terrible. You had a terrible list this week. I had one that you didn't agree with. It was one that was egregious. So I'm like 14 for 50. I'm 14 for 15 with you, though. Terrible list. Uh, continue to get me yours. A lot of people are really struggling with doing this today, and I understand it. Um, somebody just wanted to put all of the coaches on the list. You can't do that. Uh, Sean said Harbaugh, Roquan, uh, Harbaugh won. And it feels like it's, that's just what you do when you default, when you don't have one particularly good option, you just default to the coach. Two, Roquan, three, Huntley, four, Moses, five, Campbell for being injured. <laughs> we are really struggling with these lists today. I, it's not been a good day for Slaps of the Helmet. But get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we'll share them throughout the course of the day. Don't forget, we have some great offers available for you at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, including $100 in free bets from Barstool after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. But if we're being honest, there's one man who might have to be even higher on this list. We got to deal with this. Major controversy coming out of last night. We're doing the uh, Baltimore Game Day Uncensored postgame show last night on the fan and getting a bunch of phone calls about a serious controversy from this football game. And we need to deal with it. This man allegedly did not take his shirt off. And that's a problem. We need this man to get naked at football games. That's the way it goes. He is uh, your friend and mine, a Baltimore institution. The great real fan Dan has joined us this morning here on GCR. Dan, it's Glenn. It's good to catch up. Happy New Year, my friend. Thanks for buzzing in this morning. New Year, everybody. Good morning, Glenn. <laughs> Dan. Dan. Yes, sir. You know I love you. You know you are one of my favorite things about – I don't go to games anymore because of my job, but I love everything about who you are, what you do, what you're all about. You know you're my guy. What the <laughs> hell happened last night? What, what, what? Okay, here it goes. Here it goes, Baltimore Ravens fans. So when we started this tradition 25 years ago, 1998, right, uh, we did it to continue Baltimore football tradition. It's been going on since 1957. Of I course. can't teams name. 
And, uh, of course, we had 12 years without NFL football. And uh, I moved into the new stadium with five of my old Colts fans' buddies, and we found ourselves surrounded by 25 members of Ravens Roost 18 of Glen Burnie. And they had been a Colts Corral fan club and had stuck together without uh, NFL football for 12 years. I loved them immediately. I said, hey, do you remember the big wheel and the C-O-L-T-S cheers yep. in Memorial? And they said, of course we do. And I said, well, look, we don't have anything. We don't have any history. We don't have any fan traditions. How about helping me start it up again? And they absolutely agreed and voted on it. And that's how the R-A-V-E-N-S cheer came along. Uh, all right. So we started doing it. And I think after a game or two, some fan came down and said, Dad, if you want them to get louder, just rip your shirt off. And yes. I'm like, buddy, are you kidding me? Look at my gut. He said, just do it. You'll see. So I ripped my shirt off after a TD and sure enough, the decibels went up a hundred percent. I have no idea why to this day. It's surely not my physique. But, I'm going to disagree anyway, with you there. I actually worked. think it is because of your physique. Dan. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Anyhow, anyway, it became apparent early on that we needed a couple rules, just a couple ground rules. Because if I got naked on every cheer, right, ripped my shirt off, you guys would get tired out of it. Uh, you, you, it would peter out. And in colder temps, you would no longer get excited at the sight of my fully erect nipples. <laughs> so we needed some, we needed some rules, right? And so here it is. I do not take my shirt off unless it's to go ahead. To, well, first of all, the Ravens have to be playing, so I'm not doing it when 50 fans requested of me just walking down the street in July. <laughs> the Ravens got to be playing, and it's got to be the go-ahead touchdown. Now, back then, there weren't too many go-ahead touchdowns, but we would do it on like an important touchdown or a comeback try or something like that, right? And then, you know, the Ravens developed a rhythm. And as you know, you could always expect the Ravens to score multiple TDs during yeah. a game. Yeah. And, and and they would do one in the second half for sure. I mean, even in a losing effort, right? So I, I never, I, the rule came up that I wouldn't do it on the first cheer. You know, you never, you didn't want to jinx them. You didn't want it to be the last TD, right? So uh, uh, those were just kind of the parameters that I've used for 25 years. This is kind of really one of the first seasons. I mean, they do happen every once in a while, but not much, where you can't count on multiple TV. Yes. Right? And there's been several games this year where I haven't got naked simply because the team didn't score another TD or didn't score a TD at all. So... I've really had to, you've got to play it by ear. So usually my time, and I've been told, is very good. But this year I'm a little off because it's just the way it is, I guess. And All right. It does look, fans, it doesn't matter. We've got to stick behind our team and holler every time. I, for one thing, that TV was right before the end of the half. Right. And a lot of the times the ratings do not put uh, the cheer on the big screen. Uh, right before the half or right before the end of the game because the fans are streaming down the stairs where I did cheer. Sure, yeah. yeah. Or they'll get a beer right, at halftime right, or I mean. whatever. Yes, but, exactly. But they stayed in their seats. Hey, it was a good crowd last night. One of the best all year. I'm really tired of the empty purple seats, y'all. Please get your butt in a purple seat. 
This cheer is all about supporting our team and having fun in the stand. Come to the games, man. <laughs> Be there for the team. Have fun. Even at a loss, it's still exciting. So, at any rate, that's, that's why, and this time, I really thought with the way that Dobbins was running the ball and the fact that the passing lanes were starting to open up, I really thought that we were going to score again. So I took a chance and figured that we would score in the second half. And I was due to get back at cheer, right? I mean, the important part is the team scoring, the team winning. This cheer thing is just a great thing we do to have fun and support our team. So that's, that's what happened. And it's happened a couple times this year. When it was cold as heck, uh, I figured, man, uh, last, last game, when it was windshield, six degrees or whatever it was. Yeah. I figured when they scored, I better get naked now. And it was electric. It was electric. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so now you know what I'm dealing with, and I greatly apologize, but that's the rules. Okay. So so this I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do the serious journalistic approach to this, Dan. This is really important. I'm doing the investigative journalism now that we need. Yeah, sure it is. There it is. Do, do, do and we, first of all, I love you all. All you fans are terrific. We do it for you. Well, and that's we do. Dan, I, I, and I mean this. This is. I know we're, we're being a little silly about this, but I, I hope that you understand this. I I really do love you. But, I love what you're all about, and you're a very kind. Ahead. And you're a very kind person. And I wanted to. Dan's the type of person that goes out of his way, like on Facebook every year on your birthday, to to send you a very personalized message. Like Dan is a really yeah, yeah, really yeah. good guy. Um. Is there a chance that maybe, and I'll make the compare. I brought this up last night on the postgame show. Of course, in Pittsburgh, they play that stupid song no matter what the circumstances are. They're not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. not fire the bullet, right? Like that, They played it a couple weeks ago, even after the Ravens blocked a field goal. They said, the hell with it. We got to play the song anyway. We got to do anything in our sure. power to get this place fired up. Is there a chance right. that maybe we have to reconsider the rules moving forward to make sure that you get the moment. Because I'm telling you, and I've talked to a lot of players about it, the players are aware of it. They they know you. They know the yeah. moment. It means something to them, too, because it gets every... Do we, I know, I know. Do we I have know. to think about changing the rules to make sure that things aren't going the right way in the second half, that there is still a moment at which we can try to whip everybody into a frenzy and get everybody fired up? So, I have. And at the Carolina game, Right, uh, it was not looking good, and we scored a field goal, and then they started that Maryland moment, you know, where they wave flags and all, wave the Maryland flag over the portals. And all. Right, 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 right. Right. So, so did you know the Ravens only show me on the big screen for TD, but I do cheers uh, for TDs and for field goals in the three uh, three hosts. Hey, hey, Dan, I apologize. Can, can, I just want to we're, – we're losing your signal a little bit. We know that we're losing that. I don't oh, wanna, okay. Okay, there you are. There you are going. Uh, I apologize. All right, all right, I'm sorry. So, anyway, at the Carolina game, you scored a field goal, and I always do field goal cheers in my sections. Not, they don't put it on the big screen. But that was a key point in the game. And so I turned around, and I knew they were about to do the Maryland moment where they waved the Maryland flag and all that stuff. Yep. And I started waving my arms directly at the camera, which is across the stadium from me. And, and I know Jay O'Brien could see it. Of course. And I started waving my arms. And for the first time ever, they put me on the big screen after a field goal. They started uh, flicking the camera between the flag, the Maryland flag, and me. And then back to the flag, back to me, back to the flag. And then landed on me. And I did the cheer then. 
and it did fire up the uh, uh, the fans, and it was a big defensive stand. And then we went and scored the uh, the the winning score. Right. So I have done that. I have done that. I have done it anyway. So, but, uh, but that, that, that's the rules. The ratings only put me on uh, after a touchdown. But sometimes we do coordinate. And also, you know, there's a lot of loud music and everything. There's been a couple times, both this year and most notably last year, uh, during the Colts game, the big comeback against the Colts. Sure. Where I go around and talk to the section, and they all get up, and we do a cheer when we're on offense. And you really have to be real careful and watch for the right opportunity. And we did a Ravens cheer. And at the Colts game last year, immediately after that, they went down and scored, and that was the beginning of the comeback. I'm not saying that was the reason for it, but it fired them up. I'll say it. And uh, and it, it helped, you know. So we, we do do that. But most of the people in the stadium, uh, you know, won't be aware of that and all. Uh, and again, it's mainly it's the it's the staple is it's after a touchdown. I I get it. I'm just I'm and now yeah, I'm starting yeah, to wonder yeah. if we have to blame you for this last night. I got to be honest with you, Dan. Man, don't blame I, me. I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like there needed to be a moment where you took it upon yourself to say the hell with the rules, the hell with anything. I have to take my clothes off for the good of this city. I have to do this in this moment because we're losing the juice. The feel isn't here any longer. And, again, even if you can't force the, the players to play better, we, we fire every bullet in the chamber. I have to go ahead and get naked for the good of the city of Baltimore. And you didn't do that. So there's a there's a small part of me, Dan, that kind of wants to put this on you a little bit, if I'm being honest. This, 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 yeah, I uh, know we lost you again, Dan. I apologize. I said I just gave you three examples where I did just that. But but okay, so but did you did did well, you just get I get naked anyway? But yeah. did but did yeah. you but did you take your shirt off at any point last night? No, uh, that's what I'm saying, I'm Dan. I, I I gotta I gotta. There's got to be I some accountability we were here. In the second half, I figured we were going to score in the second half. Hey. I was wrong. Uh, you know what? I'm. Ha I promise you, yep. I'm having fun. I promise you, I don't actually blame you for. I want to make that abundantly clear. Yep. I don't actually blame you for the loss. <sighs> but and like it, I said, and like I said, what if what if I got naked on the uh, on the very first tier, and then we did absolutely nothing after that? And, kind of like a then, jinx, then we'd it? say, then we'd say, you know what? You're not wrong about. I just. I, what I'm worried about, Dan, let's just say the Bengals lose tonight, the Ravens go to Cincinnati next week and beat the Bengals. They host the Bengals in the, the, the wild card round. Would you so it's, all, it's all about our team, and it's all about our fans having fun in the stand. I, and sometimes we fight the bullet and we lose the game. You know? We're still fans. We're uh, still no question. out there. No question. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just, uh, just keep the shirt on. Hey, man, no, no, no keeping your shirt on. That's not acceptable, Dan. We need you. I've definitely taken the steps to try to correct it. It's a, it's a new trend, I guess, this year with the Ravens where we only score one team. And, uh, and, and by the way, you know that they have steadily moved that cheer. It started out, it was immediately after. It just celebrate the touchdown. Right after the touchdown, band played, played a couple times, and we would do the cheer. And they moved it steadily, the cheer, that is, from then. That now they wait until uh, 
after the point after, after the following commercial, after the kickoff, and when our defense comes on the field, that's when we do the cheer right. so that all that noise and excitement is transferred to the defensive effort. Because I'm going to tell you, and fans, i got to tell you, I love you all. But there's way too many empty seats. And a lot of the people that are there are not yelling. We are not making the noise that we used to make. And it's, it's, it's bad. And uh, we need to holler for our team. And that's why they moved the cheer like that. We need a 12th man to come back. I know people like to sit on the couch, very convenient, and watch the game. Please consider at least one time a year coming back to the stadium and yelling your phone. And if you're in that stadium, please scream or heard Well, no doubt. Have your mouth closed. Hey, I've never liked that before. Dan, I, I apologize we're losing you again, my friend. But I, I, I'm gonna here's I'm gonna leave you with this. I I Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I, I absolutely. We need, we need. You said we need everybody okay. to get there and get and get noisy. And said yelling, man. We, yep. we need the crowd back, and we need people to yell on third down. They, we're we're starting to lose it, folks. God bless Baltimore. We got to get it back. Dan, uh, I love you, my friend. First of all, happy New Year to you. Um, happy I, New Year, buddy. Hey, I truly appreciate you and everything that you're about, and you are a very unique part of our city and the relationship between this city and this football team. And I mean that. Like, I, I really do mean that. That's not me being silly. I think it's a really neat thing that you've uh, carved out over the years and your place. I appreciate you having fun with us this morning about this. And I look forward to the next time I get to see your erect nipples. I, I can't wait for that yeah. moment already. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully the Ravens go back to the regular norm of scoring multiple no doubt. During no the game. doubt. We'll be good, man. No doubt. May that be the case. Dan, yeah. uh, yeah, happy. Yeah, we'll be good. I, I love them too. Look, no matter what, stick by your team. These guys are great athletes. Our franchise is fantastic. We have to stick with them from thick and thin. Amen. So come to the games and yell like mad. You're the best, Dan. Hey, I'm happy New Year to you, my friend. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk again soon, all right? Hey, take care, buddy. Thanks, Dan. That's my guy. Dan, real fan Dan. I love that, dude. Apparently there are rules. There are rules that he plays by when it comes to this, and it's the Ravens' fault that Dan didn't take his clothes off last night. I just feel like maybe we got to alter the rules a little bit in those moments, right? Like, and it's not going the right way. You, you got to fire the bullet anyway. You got to say, hey, hey, we got to do it. We, we don't have a choice here. Got time to take some clothes off. Time to get naked. Time to do this for the betterment of the franchise. Yeah, like at the end of the game when we were using our timeouts and the Steelers were in the red zone. and they, That might they be the moment. Scored yet. Maybe, maybe ahead of third and eight. Maybe that's the time. Ahead of third and eight, right? Like maybe that's the moment. Maybe it would have prevented what happened from happening. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I blame real fan Dan. I'm not saying it's it's on him that the Ravens lost. I'm just saying everybody's got to look at themselves in the mirror. Everybody's got to go. But accountability has got to be a thing for everyone involved, including our guy real fan Dan. Love him. All right, hey, uh, UMBC basketball, I know it didn't go their way yesterday against Vermont, but uh, very much expected to be among the top teams in the America East all season long, and they'll be back home on Thursday night to take on Albany at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Get your tickets right now by going to umbcretrievers.com. Experience game day at the peak. The women got a big win over Vermont yesterday. They're back at home next Saturday when they welcome Bryant at 7 o'clock. Again, get your, uh, your tickets 
to enjoy Retrievers basketball at the peak, umbcretrievers.com. We'll come back in, and we'll go ahead and do tidbit when we come back in. Just tidbit next, Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, January 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Hey, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland is the best place to watch and bet on every sporting event, including next Monday night, the National Championship game. If you're feeling as confident as Carson and I are, and by the way, if there's anybody, you should definitely be joining. It's myself and Carson. 
We've That's, shown yes. we're killing it. I, our, I've shown that I'm I'm it. just the number one source. You're definitely for these the guy that you should be uh, riding with at this point. But if you're feeling confident like we are about uh, Georgia going and pounding, we're TCU, on we're on the dogs. Sure. The, the other thing, cool thing about being in the the fan, it's the atmosphere for big games for big events. And I know you're saying, well, hey, mobile sports betting is here. I don't have to do that. You're right. I mean, that's true. But the atmosphere in the book for these big events, it's you can't compare it. Um, Javante Davis is fighting on Saturday night. You don't want to pay for the fight. Go watch it for free and bet on it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. This Saturday evening, the best place to be for watching and betting on the fights. All right. Um, a couple of people that chimed in throughout the course of the morning. Jerry Jackson, did Patrick Queen play? Yeah, I mean, I. by the way, I consider Patrick Queen for the list, too, just because it was the entire linebacking court. Like, nobody, no, none of the linebackers can say they played well. I, the one, the, the ironic part about me putting uh, Roquan number one on my list is he's probably the guy that has the closest argument to saying he played well last night. But none of them played well. They all got gashed. They were, they just all got their ass kicked last night. And it's alarming, interesting to bring up that, um, you know, I didn't hear the part where Tony Dungy said that Pittsburgh was in pads on Friday. Like, that's, you know, they, they clearly, they were treating this like it was a big deal. And again, despite the fact that they could have been eliminated before the game began. Now, they weren't, and they are still alive going into Week 18, which is wild. But despite the fact that they could have been eliminated before the game began, they were treating this game like the Super Bowl. Um, they they deserve credit. They Look, Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach, man. He's a hell of a coach. <sighs> Played well. Played really well. Uh, also said uh, they should be playing uh, Isaiah Likely as a wide receiver. I mean, they do a fair amount of, like, to say... They are running more routes with both he and Oliver downfield. Two problems. One, Isaiah Likely isn't really a wide receiver. He's not. He'd be more the guy that if he was a wide receiver, you'd look at him and say, he'd be a hell of a tight end. I, I don't think... If you want to make an argument that Mark Andrews should have been outside more last night, it's fine. I've, I've heard that argument from a lot of people. That they should be doing more with Mark Andrews outside. Try to take more attention outside to give more of the middle of the field to Likely and to Oliver. I don't think that Likely outside is enough of a threat to take the attention away from Mark Andrews. He's not there yet. He would have to convert his game, and I think he's pretty good in the role that he's in. The Ravens just are so limited offensively that you're not really seeing much of that being taken advantage of. Um, and the Daniels 420. Uh, bring in Sean Payton. Let him clean house and start looking for a replacement for EDC. Only way this franchise stays relevant in today's NFL with or out, without Lamar. It's just ran its course. Now, I don't know who the Daniels 420 is, and maybe it's easy for you to do this because you don't have to have whoever it is. Jerry Jackson, at least, Gerald Jackson at least admits that he's Gerald Jackson. I don't know who the Daniels 420 is. But this is the type of dumb S that we just say to say things. This is the Twitter this is what Drew and I were talking about last week. This is what Twitter has done to discourse. We just say dumb S. Say anything. The only way this franchise stays relevant in today's NFL. They played on Sunday night football last night in week 17 of the NFL season. Because clearly they're irrelevant. It's a known thing that NBC likes to put on the irrelevant franchises 
in the primetime games at the end of the year. At this point, I know Keith brought up the idea that it's definitely going to be one or four last week. The fact that they didn't announce the schedule for next week until after tonight's game shouts. They're waiting to find out what happens in tonight's game Mm -hmm. to make a decision about Sunday night football. So why wouldn't we immediately read into the idea that they're waiting to see if next week's Bengals-Ravens game matters, and if it does, it's going to be the Sunday night football Mm -hmm. game? They said that. They said if the Bengals lose tonight. Who said that? Um, I saw it on the, on the Ravens, one of the Ravens things that I follow. That, I, know, that, that, I, that NBC said. I think that a lot if, of us for the division. That. That the the Daniels 420 tweeted it, didn't he? Yeah, it was <laughs> the Daniels 420. I have not seen NBC say that. Now, if you're telling me that they did, I saw it this morning. I, I know. Admittedly, I was scrolling through my phone. Yeah, I've seen a lot of us that think that that's the logical part of all of this. Is that why? What else would you be waiting for about tonight's game? Like the Bills will be competing with the Chiefs for the number one spot, but the Chiefs are playing on Saturday. So why would they move the Bills to Sunday night? Like, why would that make sense? The only thing that could be relevant about tonight would be the Bengals may or may not win the division tonight. And if they don't, then next week's game is for the division, and it almost certainly will again be on Sunday night, which is weird that an irrelevant franchise would end up getting back-to-back Sunday night games to end the NFL season. I'd have to look up. I'll, I'll do some research. I'm, I'm going to find out how many teams have played back-to-back Sunday night football games. It, there's, it definitely isn't many. I know it's happened. It's, it's an before. interesting bit, though. And by the way, it, the Bengals win the night. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Right? It's not going to happen for sure. But it's amazing to me when we just say anything for the sake of saying it. Our only way this franchise stays relevant in today's NFL. Like they, like they were the Houston Texans. Or the Arizona Cardinals. Irrelevant. We just say anything. I'm I'm not thrilled with how they built rosters. I'm not thrilled with it. I don't think it's Eric DaCosta by himself. I've made this abundantly clear. As an organization, they decided to go all in on doing things a certain way. And for a little while, it was going great. But the margin for error was small. And the problem is, there's been a lot of error, injury-wise. I agree that it's time to do something different. But the idea that that means that you have to clean a house in order to do something different is where you're going to lose me. Is it gets back to the same thing that we always... Well, you could just do something different, and maybe that would work too. Sure, you're regularly winning, you're always in the playoffs... But maybe if you just did something entirely different, that would also work. Said it a billion times. They got to have a come to Jesus. They got to have a reckoning about how it is they build a roster and the value of the wide receiver position and all of those things. And I think the easiest thing is that if they don't win the Super Bowl, Greg Roman's, or if they don't do something crazy in the postseason, Greg Roman's going to be gone. They have to reconsider offense entirely they got to figure out what's going on with Lamar Jackson and all that weighs over this franchise and that's why we feel this uneasiness there is an uneasiness to this but just blowing s up for the sake of blowing s up is what you do when you play video games and what horrible business leaders do the worst business owners you know are the people that just blow things up for the sake of blowing things up Eight years ago, uh, some doofus blew up a radio station. How's that worked out for him? You just blow things up 
for the sake of blowing it up. The worst leaders in the world do that. We end up not being able to copy and paste our tweets any longer because someone just thought, let's just go blow things up. We're brainless. We think we're so smart because the first thing we should do is say, we're not that smart. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It's, it's on me. Got a little carried away there. The Daniels. <laughs> All right, uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by... Oh, you know, actually, just a reminder ahead of Tidbit of the Day. Gambling can be fun, but if you're as bad at it as Carson Weekly is, then it might not be so much fun. Big problem. You should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What you got? Uh, all right, let's see. First one I got here, uh, another Brock Purdy one. He did win um, again. Yeah, a thriller that turned out. Yeah, that was a great game. Was wild, man. Um, we couldn't watch it over here, though. Like, the thought, like, Fox just stopped showing it if you were in Baltimore. And so... What? Yeah. Like so, so like Red Zone stopped showing it. So like I don't have Sunday ticket, but I have Red Zone. Right. So Red Zone's not allowed to show like the. Well, last Fox didn't game have a four o'clock game. Okay, so that was why. Yeah, that was why. why. Yeah, yeah so, so no one was showing it. So I just so because I just, CBS I just couldn't has, see overtime. CBS had the exclusive rights to the window, and they had Packers Vikings. Yeah, so it would have been cool. Maybe CBS turned it, but the, no one turned it on, so I didn't see the, the overtime. <laughs> yeah, I mean I didn't see it either. Yeah, but uh, so he now has won each of his first four NFL starts, becoming the fourth rookie quarterback to do that since starts were first tracked in 1950. Who are the three, or can you name? No, not a chance in hell. Try. Um, try. Sure. Uh, Kurt Warner. Not Kurt Warner. It's not either of the two guys that uh, his tidbit last week was. Uh, boy, I mean, this is... So it doesn't matter if they were rookies or not? It, it, no, it was their rookie. So it was their rookie, the rookie their quarterback first... to win their first four career starts. One semi-recent, you know, this millennium. Oh, good. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Not Andrew Luck. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Not Stafford. Was it Jimmy Garoppolo? It was not Jimmy Garoppolo. Rookie year. I thought it was Matthew Stafford. I'm just, I, they at are this terror. Point, I'm I don't know that Matthew throwing, Stafford ever won four straight. I'm just throwing guesses out. I, I don't, I've, you've won four straight as a rookie. Robert Griffin III. Not RG3. It was in Lamar. Oh, Lamar Jackson. It was not Lamar Jackson. Because it wasn't his first four. Uh yeah, because he didn't win yeah four, yeah, each of his first four yeah he didn't win his, his first, first four starts no, that's not what did they lose they lost to Kansas City that was like kind of oh that was one of his first four that was, right, was, that, yeah, that was that, November I think it might yeah. have been yeah you might have been that might have been his first four yeah it was two thousand four that this oh, rookie oh, good. quarterback <laughs> good yeah. it was good, it was a good rookie quarterback two thousand four <sighs> Vince Young not Vince Young I how am I supposed to remember who the rookies were specifically it, in two thousand four. He played for he plays for a division rival. Uh, played, ben Roethlisberger. Played, yes, it was Ben Roethlisberger. Right. It was one of those. And then uh, in 1979, Phil Sims. In 1976, Mike Kruzek. Oh sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely would have gotten that one. Uh, and now Devontae. Kind of mad that you didn't give me that. <laughs> I definitely would have gotten it. Devontae Adams now has 15 career games with 100 plus receiving yards uh, and multiple receiving touchdowns. There are only four other players in the Super Bowl era, so since 1970, with more such games. Um, and if you'd like to, we can try to name the top 10 as well with the most games of 100-plus receiving yards and t- multiple, so two or more, receiving touchdowns. Ever. ever. Most games ever. Most games ever. Moss. Randy Moss is ahead of Devontae Adams with 26. Uh, he is second on this list. Andre Johnson. 
Andre Johnson. That's your guess. Uh, he has nine. He is outside of the top ten. Rice. Uh, yes, Jerry Rice is number one, 27 such games. It was a better guess than yours. Yeah, that was yeah. a better guess. Uh, I'll stick with the Raiders and say Tim Brown. Tim Brown is tied for t- uh, tied for 10th, yeah. So 11 games. For so there's Brown. more than 10 guys on the list. Well, um, uh, well, I, if we want to do, we can do the top 10. Well, you said so, the top oh, yeah, 10. So, yes, so top 12, thank you. What are we yeah. doing? Yeah, what the 10. hell happened here? <laughs> what give is, yeah, give me the what top is this? Give me the top 12. Owens. Yeah, he is ahead of uh, Devontae Adams. Two games ahead. Future Ravens for Owens. Yes, right. Uh, he has 17. You want another guess? Uh, you got one. You stuck it in. Tied for 10th. Let me see. Let me give me. Give, <laughs> who, am I, who, am I, who am I throwing? What name am I throwing? All right, I'll keep going. Larry Fitzgerald. Not Larry Fitzgerald. That's surprising. Yeah. Ocho Cinco. Nope. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is just outside of that top 12. What? He has 10. Only 10 for Calvin Johnson. The, how many did Tim Brown have? He had 11. Tim, Tim Brown 11. had 11. So he's better than Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Definitively. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. Um, all right. Well, how about... Let me just get into it. How about Marvin Harrison? Yep. Marvin Harrison is ahead. He is third on this list. So it goes Rice, Moss, Marvin Harrison, Terrell Owens, Devontae Adams. Is the top Isaac five. Bruce. Uh, not Isaac Bruce. He is also has nine. So he's Reggie just Wayne. Not Reggie Wayne. Tory Holt. Not Tory Holt. I'm gonna guess Tyreek Hill. Not Tyreek Hill. Also, only nine for Tyreek Hill, so he is on the outside. Bum. What a scrub. Yeah. He is. What a. I wouldn't want to have. Uh, Chris guy. Carter. Yes, Chris Carter. Thirteen. Nice. He is. Uh, he is seventh on the list. D Hop. Not D Hop. Where's he at? Yeah. Not. Not. No. Oh, no DeAndre bum. Hopkins. Michael and Irvin. No Michael Irvin on this list either. Are they all wide receivers? They are all wide receivers. All right, it's it's 12.08. We still have to take another commercial break. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. I've changed my mind. Heinz Ward. Not Heinz Ward. That was not a good guess. Two active players. Two active. Stefan Diggs? Not Stefan Diggs. They're on the same team. Two active. Two active players on the same didn't team. Do the, didn't do that. Obviously, didn't accomplish this feat. On the, actually, one of them did do it yesterday. One of them did do it yesterday. Mike Evans? Mike Evans right. has 11. And Chris Godwin. And Julio no, Jones. No. Oh, there Julio go. Jones. Julio and Mike Evans both that's have 11. That's on me for forgetting. Tied with Tim yeah. Brown. Yeah, that's the answer. Yes. So we have three more is what I'm looking for. Would you like me to... One of them is recently played in the league, no longer active. Recently played in... Des Bryant? Not Des Bryant. Probably won't ever be. I mean, he could probably still play, but he's not going to be picked up by a team. Probably Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has 14. One behind Devontae Adams. You want me to give you the last two? Sure. Steve Largent, mm. Andre Risen. Andre Risen. When he was, when his house wasn't on fire, he made when he wasn't when when that the old left eye wasn't burning the house down. <laughs> you guys are way too young, no, man. Yeah. You are way yeah. too young. Famously, he dated Lisa Left Eye Lopez, the oh. late the late great Lisa, Lisa Left Eye Lopez from uh, TLC, and she burned his house down. Wow, that is a thing that occurred. Wow. Whole deal. That's the way that it goes. All right, very good. That's Tidbit. Tidbit was also brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. They're not going to be around for forever. Take advantage of them while you can. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, including a $200 in risk-free bets from DraftKings, $5 or uh, play, or, sorry, I can read, $200 in risk-free bets. Oh, my God. I give up. You do it. $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Tubular is next. Glenn Clark Radio. 
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face john little rock thinks george's defense was exposed in the semifinal they're not the same defense everyone keeps saying no way tcu will win or even be in it all they do is well, prove the doubters wrong i i'm not look man I hear you. I do. I just think to me it's unique to the matchup more than anything else. This is not me doubting TCU. Remember, I picked TCU in our picks against Michigan. This is unique to this matchup that the things that TCU has been able to take advantage of, I don't think they're going to be able to take advantage of against Georgia. I don't think they can keep the play alive long enough. Now, maybe that staff is good enough to figure out other things to do, but the thing where they have to try to keep the play alive long enough in order to get Robinson outside, I just don't think 
that I see them doing that against Georgia. That's unique to me is why I feel that way about that matchup. But obviously I can be wrong. And it is a big number for a national championship game. There is no doubt about that. For a national championship game, that is a significantly large number. So, you know, what the hell do I know about anything, frankly? Um, it's what it is. It's what it is. All right, let's uh, wind down for the day. Let's get uh, to... Oh, uh, first of all, I need to remind everybody that you can use the code TAILGATE and save $100 at ginsugrills.com when you order your Ginsu Kamado grill. That, I don't... Again, I don't know how long you're going to have on that, but if you got some cash maybe for uh, Christmas and you're thinking about what you really want, that's my favorite thing the week after Christmas is to figure out what I actually want instead of the things that people got me. And so... Um, I give myself gifts. I got myself some pants, for example, this oh, year after Christmas. Nice. I had some nice uh, mustard-colored pants, by the way. I was, if the Ravens aren't going to bring like them the back, Ravens. I'm going to bring them back. Uh, That's the way it's going to uh, go. Well, got myself some pants. Well. Um, yeah, look, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is a gift for yourself. So if you didn't get the things you wanted, get yourself a Ginsu Kamado Grill. Save $100 and do ginsugrills.com. Tubular, brought to you by that uh, Best of Issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. There's hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You see it on the cover. Adley Rutschman, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and it is our annual Best of Issue. We're very proud of it as we uh, go back, relive the year that was in 2022, some things that maybe you forgot, some things that you just want to relive. Great opportunity for you to do all that in this Best of 2022 edition of Press Box. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise. Again, Monday Night Football, Biggie, Bills, Bengals, 8.30 kickoff for that. A little bit later than normal. 8.30 kickoff. Why do you ask? Oh, Rose. Because ESPN today has both the Cotton Bowl at 1 o'clock, Tulane and USC, and the Rose Bowl at 5 between Penn State and Utah. Now, considering the two games on Saturday both definitively went four hours, how late I have push? no idea like how they're going to handle this, but... Monday Night Football is also on ABC tonight. So my guess is they just go ahead and start the game on ABC and then ESPN joins it in progress is my guess for how this goes with the Bengals-Bills tonight. But a later start, 8.30 for Monday Night Football, and it's on both the ESPN and ABC after the two um, the other New Year's Six Bowl games. Two other bowl games today. Of course, the granddaddy of them all, the ReliaQuest Bowl, getting underway right now. A Mississippi of, State. A lot, lot at stake in the GCR. In the, or the bowl poll. The bowl right. pick them, yeah. I'm at top, by the way. Anybody not checking? Ah, yes. Remind everybody of that. Yes. Somehow Griffin, after not getting anything right for the first week, suddenly is in first place. So. Once, once the good teams play, I know what I'm I don't know what the hell happened to the rest of you. I have no <laughs> idea what the hell went on there. But um, I guess Maryland was the difference there. Yes. Uh, the ReliaQuest Bowl, Mississippi State and Illinois right now on ESPN2. ABC's got the Citrus Bowl, LSU and Purdue at 1 o'clock. Uh, local hoops today, the Maryland women in action against Rutgers, 2 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Then Navy hosts Holy Cross at 1 on ESPN+. Plus. Loyola's American at 2 on ESPN+. Plus. Mount St. Mary's at Canisius at 3 on ESPN3. Winter Classic, Penguins-Bruins, 2 o'clock from Fenway Park on TNT. NBA TV has Hawks Warriors at 10. The USA Network for Brentford and Liverpool at 1230. WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Um, the rest of the college basketball, Big Ten Network, Rutgers, Purdue at 7 o'clock. ESPN News got West Virginia, Oklahoma State at 7 as well. Some non-sports highlights at yeah. all? Uh, the Rose Parade is going on right now ah, uh, yes. on ABC and NBC. I was never a Rose Parade guy. No. Like, and I love parades. Like, I am definitely a Thanksgiving parade man, like, for sure. So, But the Rose Parade doesn't do That's like 8 a.m. a.m. local time for them, I guess? Yeah, yeah mornings. Parades are normally in the morning. Yeah, okay. It's typically right. the time for doing a parade. Uh, America's Got Talent, All-Stars. All your favorite AGT uh, sure. 
that's tonight. If I could NBC. name any uh, Terry Fader, right? That was the guy that won the first one. That's the literally the only name I can tell you of anybody that was ever on America's Got Talent. Sure. Probably, yeah. Uh, Fantasy Island on Fox, season two. Uh, Surviving R. Kelly, there's like a Lifetime's got like a little two-night. They're wrapping up like a documentary that they've done. Well, they did it years ago. Yeah, they're wrapping it up, I think, tonight, the, tomorrow So there's night. new I, content? It's, it's, it's Surviving R. Kelly, the final chapter, part one tonight. I mean, I watched all of that. I'd probably uh, Brie Bella and Sasha Banks are going in 1v1 on Barmageddon. On USA. Ah, right. Tim from Bel Air will, of course, be Tim. <laughs> Tim is very mad that I described him as a fan of Barmageddon when he was really <laughs> just a guy that was scrolling through and happened to see Barmageddon. But, my friend, that makes you far more into it than I am. So I'm going to have to give you that. You have to wear that badge. Uh, th- those are the highlights. Right, yeah. th- that's it. That's it. Very good. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Again, join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. They are hiring very competitive salaries here in 2023, join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. All right, thanks today to Keith Mills. Thanks to Dan Wilcox and the great real fan Dan. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you guys this now. There are going to be changes coming, subtle changes, not like overwhelming changes uh, throughout the course of the year. One thing that's going away, and I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to say Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too at the end of the show any longer. I, it's just, I'm 40. Like what? I'm 40. I'm can over. I, can that. I say it? Or? If you would like to, by all means, okay. you can. You want to end the show every day by saying yeah. that you can. Because the they do suck, day. and I don't want to. I, I agree. I'm just sort of like I find myself doing it sometimes, and you know what? I think I'm going to say no. I think we're, like <sighs> maybe there's two things that have come out of it. Duke sucks has been like a rallying cry for the entire country. Ohio State sucks has never never become that. And somebody pointed that out to me that like nobody at Maryland likes Ohio State, but we just don't have. It's not a rallying cry of any sort. It was kind of forced years ago. I did it because Maryland moved into the Big Ten, and I was like, well, we got somebody in the Big Ten's got to suck. And it's just not, it's never, it's never caught on, and I just kept doing it anyway for the sake of doing it. So I agreed with that, and then I was like, maybe it's time for me to just remove the whole thing, right? And I'm going to choose to do that. I have something else in mind for, we, trust me, we still hate Duke. That's not going away. I don't care that I'm 40. I still hate Duke. I promise you that's going to continue forever. There will never be a day where I don't hate Duke. But that is one thing uh, the, the, the boss and I, and I mean Tony Danza, the boss and I were got together and we discussed some ideas for changes to the show. And one thing that I brought up was it feels forced. And I, you know, I think you should always be trying to change things. So I've got something else. And I don't know. I, I, I just, we're going to, and we're not going to do that any longer. We're just not going to do that. I don't think. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to go for it. See what the muscle memory does in the next couple minutes. That's here. really <laughs> what I what just struck me, is that like, there are going to be days, or what happens if Duke's playing in a big game or something like that? Like Then I'm going to want to say Duke sucks again. I'm not telling you it's going to be gone. For, I'm just not going to do it every day. Now I want to again. Now I want to, like, now I'm, like, feeling counterculture all over again. Maybe we just get rid of Ohio State sucks. Maybe it's just Duke sucks. That's just the way it's going to be. I just, the point was made to me that it just never caught on. It was never a rallying cry, and that's true. So I'm I'm good with that. We'll just stick with Duke sucks because it is kind of a a rallying cry for the entire country. Um, What was I saying? Uh, I was thanking changes some other changes yeah and they'll be subtle throughout the course of the year like I I do want to refresh some things that we do and and we haven't been good at that we've just kept doing the same thing day in and day out and so that'll that'll come it won't be all at once like we'll start thinking about that now but that was one thing that jumped out at me after we had this conversation was I don't need to say Ohio State sucks too at the end of every show I'm just, just wasting breath instead I wasted breath explaining to you about that so I only have to do that once instead of every day all right, very good. Um, so thanks to everybody that I thanked. Tomorrow on the program, anything? Stuff and things. Okay. Yeah. 
Patrick will join us. I know that much. That's it. That's what we got for you. Hopefully some other things. Simply the bets, of course. Great. Yes, thank you for that. Hey, one one thing I'm going to try to do better, better guest lined up for the next day. That's going to be a plan moving forward. All right. Um, very good. Thanks to Carson. Carson Ware on Twitter. That's right. Yeah, everywhere. All social media. All social media. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. It's a lot of pressure on this one. You almost did it. All right. Have a great Monday evening. Go Maryland women. Go Loyola. Go there was somebody else. Navy, right? Go, go everyone I picked in the bowl pick. Em. No, I'm not really concerned about that. Duke sucks.